0: The new generation. New Generation Radio with Kindle Moore. W-V-O-N AM. 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. new generation. I need more. I need more. I need more. Kindle more talk radio. W B O N AM 1690. Streaming live from the web, WVON.com. Let's talk about it.
1: What's it?
2: What up, what up?
3: Welcome
4: to the Kingdom Moore Show on WBON 1690 AM. The Talk of Chicago, the voice of the nation. I am Westside William Riley. I am sitting in for the big dog who's currently on assignment. What up, Q? Uh, I am currently sitting in the studio with the rest of the Lit crew. What's up, Sandy? What's up, Will? So We're dope, Sandria. Yes. And this Netta Barretta. What's up, Netta? Hey. My queen, how are you?
5: Amazing, how are you?
4: Excellent, excellent. As you can see, I am sitting in the big chair at the moment. That's right. <laughs> the sweater's on top to take you to your next stop. Okay. All right, look, okay. y'all like that. Y'all like that. Did you like Make that? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> also, Miss Naya is sitting here in the studio with us. What's up, Naya? Hey okay.
6: hey. She
4: got on this black dress, y'all. You have to son.
7: see this
5: black Woo. dress. We got to figure out how to do the the Facebook Live so you can yes, see her, but yes, she looks yes. like the fifth member of in Vogue okay. in the whole yes. dorm, so She on is video. looking to get chose. Yes.
4: All right, and she just might. (laughs) Before we get started, I want to say hello to the one and only Miss Robin Lewis. Hello, my queen. Hi, look at you
1: you
5: in
8: the big chair. I'm in the big chair. You are doing just fine. (laughs) Thank
4: you, thank you.
5: How's everything with everybody? Yeah, we are
8: awesome. Y'all look great.
4: Thank you, thank you. And also, in the studio with us doing the sound, the sound man, the DJ extraordinaire, Mr. Jared Matthews. Hello, my friend, how are you? I'm doing good, brother. Welcome back another week. Happy Friday to all Happy y'all. Happy Friday the to on top, Man. That's Man. right. The sweaters, sweaters, sweater's on, on top, top, baby. You gotta let them know. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. So what we are going to do is we're going to take a break, and then we'll get right back to news and information and, and some good conversation tonight uh, on the Kendall Moore Show. So sit back, relax. We're going to have some fun tonight.
9: Kendall Moore will be right back on The Talk of Chicago, 1690
4: WVON. Welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show on 1690. Uh, I am Westside William Riley. I'm sitting here with the rest of the crew. Crew in the Kendall building. Show. Yes, yes,
5: yes. It's Friday.
4: What's up, ladies? What's and going on? And
5: you just had a birthday. I just you had a birthday. You tried to sneak yeah. out of here without He, with he tried to keep it really us. quiet, didn't he? Well, You're
4: on the low. Yeah, well, my Facebook friends knew. Y'all on Facebook? I with mean, me, right? these are
5: we're, we're your WBON friends. Right. You have you know you, you a know. city full of listeners who want to wish you a happy birthday. Okay, okay. Hit Go us man. up on the line. Call in. Hit us up on Facebook. Leave a comment. Give Will happy Uh-oh. birthday, Will. Comment. Do you have a special birthday sweater?
1: Yeah. <laughs> that no. you plan on.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I did have on this sexy black turtleneck last night. Oh, but you know, switch you it know, up a little bit. Right, yeah, you know, right. I was trying to be a little bit different. I, I was trying, trying to be, you know, you got to come different, right? You know, you you,
5: you gotta keep keep the ladies on their toes. That's right. Did That's you go right. out? Did you stay in?
4: I went to see a production last night uh, at the Greenhouse Theater called Sixteen Nineteen. Okay, And it's been running since last August, and it was a very good production. It was about our arrival here on the shores of America during 1619 and how we have progressed from then, uh, from the next hundred years to the next hundred years. And it was really good. It was lots of dancing, lots of music. It's still playing. Uh, okay, some free some free pub, but it's still <laughs> playing at the uh, Greenhouse You're welcome, Theater. Greenhouse <laughs> Theater. Yes. Yes, it's still playing at the Greenhouse Theater. I think they're sold out tonight, but it'll be running all weekend. Just check it out. It's pretty
1: good. Did it's you have a good. date?
4: No, not really. I uh not, my, really. not really. I mean <laughs> not my, really. My, my son uh wanted to take me. Oh, out. that's like, nice. Dad, Dad, I got something for you. He knows Aww. he you know, he senses the militant in me. He knows about that. So he's like, This is something you like.
5: Exact and that's so. why you are our political guy. That sounds yes. like yes. Yes. Westside will all day. Yep, yep. What we got coming up tonight?
4: Okay. So has uh I know people have been talking about the uh, Chicago Public Schools Board making the um, uh, making Indigenous
5: People. People's Day mm-hmm. a replacement
4: for Columbus Day, okay. and you, we we know about that. And also, there was a young lady that was unfortunately shot in the car, you know, and uh, that is something that's really sad. So
5: definitely, we'll get into that.
4: Yep, and a couple other things. We have a young lady coming in at seven.
5: Yes, we have uh, Kiana Hughes. Mm -hmm. She's going to talk to us about cannabis, the cannabis industry. You know, how do we get in on it? So they actually give
4: certificates. We gotta
5: monetize the West Side, smelling like loud all the time. Right, get get
4: some money from it. I think she's gonna get a lot of students from over over the West Side. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of students, and then and then we'll go into the lit roundtable hour, and we have a lot of things to talk about. Then, hey, did you hear that Mike Tyson is auctioning off his daughter? Ten million dollars. He will give a man ten million dollars to marry her.
1: Lord, yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. He
4: looks. She, But but she, not, without being critical, she looks just like her daddy. And that's all <laughs> I'm saying. All right. All right. So earlier this week, earlier. Well, we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back, folks.
9: Getting you from your work week to your weekend. It's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation.
4: Welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show on WBON 1690 AM. We ho- uh, thank you for sitting in and listening to us. Kendall, the big dog, is currently on assignment. But I, Westside William Riley, am sitting here with the Lit Crew. So dope, Sandra, Netta Beretta, and Faya Naya. And she's wearing that dress, y'all. i am telling you. Ya, <laughs> y'all don't know, boy. We got to... Okay. So check this out, guys. Earlier this week, the Chicago Public School Board voted to um, change the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, and you know I know people have been talking about that, but you know I kind of have a I I kind of know one of the board members. His name's Dwayne Trust. He he descended from taking the vote, mm. um, but anyway, they did vote to to change the name. However, today, Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Decided that she was not going to change the name from Indigenous in Indi- the or from Colum- Columbus Day to Indigenous. Yes, in- indigenous serious day. So, yeah, serious plot
5: twist. Because I mean, yeah. she you know handpicked that board; those are her people, and yeah. she's like, well,
4: at the city level,
5: I'm I'm not honoring that.
1: Yeah.
4: Now I don't know necessarily know what the Italian demographic is in Chicago anymore. I know it's changed a lot. Over the years, but I can only imagine that the reason why they wanted to change the name is partly because there's uh, we have a huge Latino population and it's growing every day, and they're becoming voters. They are becoming aware, and this is also something that's been happening around the country. There are actually nine states and forty-four cities that actually have have uh, celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day
5: as opposed so, to Columbus Day.
4: As opposed to Columbus Day, yeah. and you know, oh, and really quick, before we uh, go off into this conversation, anybody that has a comment, please feel free to call in. The number is 312-374-8130, just to let you know. So, yeah, getting back to the conversation, yeah, it, I can, I kind of understand why they want to do that. I mean, historically, I, I studied in Mexico, uh, I understand the the devastation and and the things, the way they feel about Christopher Columbus. Did you know that Christopher Columbus used to chop off children's hands when they did not bring enough gold, mm. um, when they were in the mines? And uh, just a lot of cruel things, and especially when it comes here to America. I, I can understand that, why they want to change it. However, you know, the Italians, the Italian-American group, they celebrate Columbus. He was Italian, and uh, that, that is the conundrum.
5: I mean, it's definitely, you know, this history with, with Christopher Columbus is definitely problematic. So, you know, amongst us, you know, in our community, yeah. we always say the only <laughs> Christopher we acknowledge is Wallace. That's right. <laughs> Talk about being <laughs> Small. Right. So That's most right. of us already have been given the side eye to Columbus Day because mm-hmm. we know, like, we're not about to celebrate right. that. Like, what are we celebrating? How do we celebrate someone who raped, who killed, Mm -hmm. who, quote unquote, discovered land that already had inhabitants like that (laughs) makes no sense. So a lot of us were already out of that. And I guess in Chicago, Chicago Public Schools, they were calling it um, Indigenous Peoples Day slash Columbus Day. So they were trying to straddle the fence and, Mm -hmm. you know, make everybody happy. But I appreciate that the board just took this stance of, you know what, let's call a thing a thing, and let's just go full force yep. and change the name. Yeah, I feel um. like uh, Lori Lightfoot's take on it was just kind of like, I don't want to deal with this right now. Yeah, yeah. She mean, didn't really say why right. she didn't support right.
7: their she said, decision.
5: Well, she said they've been celebrating both, and she thought that was okay. And that's so fine. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> well, I it. wasn't
4: aware we were celebrating both, but I know Columbus Day is an official holiday. Right. And Indigenous People's Day is, is something that is personal to to Latino, to the Latino community. L- just like Juneteenth may be personal right. to us. But, you know, h- it's, it's like, how do you celebrate barbarism? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like us celebrating slavery. Right. So mm-hmm. you have to put yourself in that position. Like, yeah, I kind of understand where they're going with right. this. And I'm not trying to be insulting to the Italian community. We know that for years we've always been taught that Columbus is, in 1492, Columbus sailed, sailed the, ocean the ocean blue. blue.
5: And it irks me that we remember that still. Like, it's so ingrained in our heads. But, of course, it's like, especially here in Chicago, we really do try to, I guess, honor the Native American spirit, the Native Mm -hmm. Americans who who settled here. Um, But apparently uh, the uh, Italian-American aldermen are – Extremely, they're big mad. Well, yeah, there's um, uh,
4: Alderman's uh, I want to read, yes. Yeah.
5: Uh, Alderman Nick Sposato. Sposato. He, quote, says that he's ready to go to war, hmm. and he says, and I quote, go ahead and have your damn Indigenous Peoples Day. Just don't have it on Columbus Day. See, look, wow. you're going to
4: make me say something offensive when you say something like that. You go on to war, come on, man. Really, <laughs> you ex-
5: holding on so tight. And so he goes <laughs> on to say they're taking Columbus Day away. I'm an Italian-American. He found America. They, they want to say he didn't. They want to say he did bad things. You know know how many people were on the three ships when he came here 90 mm-hmm. you think he could do the things that they're claiming he did with 90 people In quote okay so Wait. he <laughs> so he's denying the barbarism the, the barbarism, genocide yes. the, he, the fact torture, that he and,
4: and I didn't have to discover challenge him america yeah <laughs> right. i have to it, challenge the him country's on
5: that. not even named for him why are we holding on exactly. so tight
4: exactly uh, miracle Despucci, who who came. They said he actually came before him. And also, here's the thing. Did you know the Minnesota Vikings were actually named after the Vikings who were here probably 500 to 1,000 years before Columbus? It is a documented fact. That's why they called the team the Minnesota Vikings. But it's a documented fact that the Vikings who traveled all over the world and, and conquered too, they were here. But also Africans were here as well because here's the thing when Columbus was selling the ocean blue over here, his navigators were African. They were African, and that's how, and, and we, they were known for that. We were known for that, our navigational skills and everything. So And that's a fact that was written by uh, Professor Van Sertema. He's gone now. He died in 2019, or I'm sorry, 2009. But he wrote a, quite a few books on Columbus and colonization. So Yeah, Van and I Sertema. feel like this
5: move to be pro- indigenous people isn't anti-Italian-American. Right. Right. Like Exactly. If if Columbus were this stand-up, respectable figure that they're claiming to be, I don't think there would be any issue. But the problem is, Mm -hmm. he's not that. And so it's not that we're trying to rewrite history. We're trying to correct Mm -hmm. history. If history books are still saying that, you know, he discovered America and he was this stand-up person, that's not Correct. <laughs> so it's, it, it doesn't have anything to do with being anti-Italian-American. Right. We're not trying to take away your heroes, but if anything, you need to reevaluate who your heroes are. Why <laughs> is this your hero? Exactly.
4: <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, still, uh, if you have any opinions out there, any of you out in WVON land, please feel free to call in. Once again, the number is 312-374-8130. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your opinions and uh, see what what we can come up with. But, uh, yeah, I look, when I studied in Mexico, I when I studied in Mexico, I met some Afro-Mexicans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a whole population of I mean, yeah. They, they as dark as me, hair as nappy as mine. And the thing is, they were standing over in the corner, and they were looking at me, and I was looking at them. And then I decided to break away from my classmates and walk over to them. And you know, when I walked over there, They gave me the handshake. Yeah. And it was like they gave me the official brother handshake. But we'll (laughs) talk about that after the break, everybody.
7: The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON, is your black history-making station. Download the iHeartRadio app and listen live wherever you go. The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON.
4: this People's Day um, change that was con- being considered. Um, and I, I just want to get back to a thought. Before we get to Jay, who's currently on the line, he wants to call in, I just want to get back to a thought that I had before we went on break. So I was studying in Mexico, like I said, and uh, we were in the city, and I saw two Afro-Mexicans. Three of them, actually. They were standing over in the corner away from the crowd, and they just kept looking at me. They were not looking at any other people in the class. They was looking at me. It was like, hey, so I happened to walk over to them, and when I walked over to them, they gave me the dap. They gave me everything. This was like 15 years ago, wow. okay? And they, you know, and I didn't really know the language as much. I was learning why I was there, but... We had an understanding to the point where my professor walked over there and said, William, did you you know them?
5: Because, <laughs> of course, we all know and I right. told him But, no,
4: what I told him was, yeah. <laughs> and, and he was like, how? I said, through the struggle. Mm. Because they deal with a lot of stuff over there, too. Yeah. yeah. Has Afro-Mexicans there, marginalized, marginalized as well. So, yeah, that's camaraderie for you. Yes. But uh, I see Jay is on the line. Hey, Jay, what's up?
3: Hey, thanks for taking my call. I Thank just want to say I think it's great uh, that you guys are talking about this. Um, this is history that uh, we all should should know already, you know. Um, and I'm learning. Um, and I'm sure most of the, of the people listening, they're learning as well. There's a whole lot that we don't know about what was going on here. Um, uh, I think it's great that uh, – Uh, um, black people were here in this country already and we should know uh, what uh, a person like uh, Columbus did after he got here with all that barbarism. Mm -hmm. So while you, while Italian people are getting angry about, you know, um, dismissing uh, the Columbus holiday, we should continue to compare uh, what was taught and what was the reality what was already going on already here and you y'all y'all brilliant and y'all just thank you, y'all brother. y'all doing it and I appreciate it thank you thank you, All All right. you
4: Jay. thank you Jay. wow you we're brilliant, brilliant everybody hey, <laughs> thank you brother we appreciate that very much like like i said earlier you know um i from my research and and everything and having to have been over in south america for a while you know you can see why the country is really devastated. You know, Mexico, South parts of South America, South America really is devastated, and I can see why people are coming over here. You know, and, and that is the remnants of that. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, um, we have another caller, uh, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. What's up? What's up? What's hey, up? hey, hey friends
5: of the show. Yes. <laughs>
10: hey, family.
5: Hey, hey. So give us give us your real deal. How are you how are you feeling about this and this uh you know aldermen are big mad about this name change in CPS.
10: Yes, they are big mad and if anybody wants to go to my IG page and look at all the other people who are big mad and the lovely things that they say about um people of color, um feel free to go and take a look at that cuz y'all know I did write a poem about it. Right. And <laughs> Um, a man actually said to the victors, "Go the spoils in reference to genocide, rape, hmm. um, and, hmm. uh, you know, just, just the horrible things that, that Columbus brought. Yep. Um, I think it's it, a great first step. I think when we get to a place where we're not having parades for Columbus Day, I hmm. think that will be a better step. I mean, Germany doesn't have parades for Hitler. Right, right. exactly. So— once we get to the point where we're not having parades for someone who one did not discover America, right? He lands in Haiti in mm-hmm. 1492, mm-hmm. Um, and was responsible.
4: And you see the devastation the over there, right? Of
10: eight million of the Haitian indigenous people there. So yeah. yeah, he didn't. He didn't even get to us, um, and he was so atrocious that at some point he was actually sent back to Spain in chains and handcuffs. So, um, like. Italian people, you have so many other people to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Why we are so focused on celebrating a murderer is I just don't understand.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They they have they, they have Leonardo da Vinci. They have Galileo. Pick one. Galeo. Pick yeah. one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, hey, Pick I
4: one. think that's better. You know, trust me. Leonardo DiCaprio.
10: Wait.
1: Yes. Wait. Somebody. Wait. Yes,
4: but not. But not uh, uh, Tony Soprano. Definitely not.
10: No, like it's it, and it's not and even I would celebrate Tony Soprano. It's not even <laughs> to the level no. of, of 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 a gangster. Like I, I don't because we have not been taught. To Enough. We do not fully understand the the evil mm-hmm. that was associated with Christopher Columbus and what he brought, what his legacy is. Yep. He sold girls as young as nine into prostitution, into the sex trade. Mm-hmm. He, we have his journals that literally say that, oh, I've landed in this place, and these people are so kind that we can make them do whatever we want them to do. He encouraged his people on his ship to rape women, Mm -hmm. to beat them in submission. This is all documentation that we have. It's not like some secret scrolls. Mm -hmm. We know what he did. They set up a system where the indigenous people had to pay um, cotton or gold, and if they didn't, every three months he would chop off a hand or a nose. Mm -hmm. He is the father of the transatlantic slave trade. Mm. Yeah. This is not a man who deserves to be celebrated.
4: Yep, extreme barbarism. Hey, thank you Leslie. Thank you for calling. Thank you. I appreciate that. it very always much. Always gems. always We look forward to hearing from I'm you here. and seeing you again.
10: Just let me know. All Just right. let me know, but thank you for making this platform and having these really valuable conversations. I appreciate you guys. Thank, thank you. We appreciate you too. Yeah. 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 So yeah. does
5: it ever It's just beyond me that people are fighting for this
4: and and turning it ready to go to war. Turning
5: it into a race thing. (laughs) Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that he was Italian.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think it's just like if we were, if they were to tell us we can't have a Martin Luther King Day, we're going to change. But did he kill people? Right, and I think (laughs) I don't. I honestly don't think they consider that they take that. It's not apples to apples. Black history or this type of history. Now that people are getting more woke. As we say now, mm-hmm. and now this is the information age. Mm-hmm. So people are learning more, they're researching more because of these tablets that we okay. have in our hands. You know, so you know, you're learning a lot and I think it's time for a change. Don't right. get me wrong. Like I said, I respect the Italian people, but you have so many other great people, you know, Michelangelo, that you know, that that you can celebrate.
5: Right. And it's never too late to expose mm-hmm. people to the truth so like the aldermen who uh express their concerns they feel like cps and everybody else who who celebrates indigenous people day they feel like we're trying to rewrite history Mm -hmm. and it's like no you know we realize that history the way it's been taught to us has been Mm -hmm. taught incorrectly so yes in 2020 we get to do something different about mm-hmm. it. We're not trying to take away <laughs> yeah. you know this upstanding hero. We're trying to correct history and say no, this is what Columbus actually did and shouldn't be celebrated. We really should be more thoughtful of the indigenous people mm-hmm. who were here.
4: Yeah. There was another professor also, he died like 10 years ago, Howard Zinn. Mm-hmm. And he he would write a lot of books uh, uh wrote on the side of the losers. And one of his most famous books is The People's History. Of America, I, I remember reading that, and it, it talked about that exact same thing: how the Indians or how the Native Americans and the people who were trying to start unions or just uh, break away from the establishment to form America, how they when they lost, what they lost, mm-hmm. and how they suffer today from it, you yeah. know. But he passed some years ago, but I just remember yeah. that and when I when I see stuff like this. And people are upset, I think it's they really should take into consideration yeah. now. We're supposed to be more involved now, right you know, so we should be able to you know correct the wrongs of the past
5: and then we have a voice as well, so even if the alderman is fighting, where what did he say? He couldn't do all that with 90 with people. With 90 people. Yes, well, there, he could. <laughs> but there are a lot of us. Yeah. And there are a few of them. And we can fight back and we can raise our voices and make a difference, even if there are a few people who are opposed to it. Yep. Exactly. So
4: we're going to take another break, folks, and we'll be right back uh, at the top of the hour.
9: It's WVON's original Friday night show. Kendall Moore. He'll be back in a moment. On the Blab, everybody kicking
11: lab a bit
9: of batter, chitter, chatter, matter than the hat I bet you pop my, my fatter I got the data Turn your body into a And just like a piece of sizzle in Your fitness on my stomach with the eggs and grits between Take The down, king is what I mean I mean, my man, get a cup and put some change inside your hand down, hold up. Let's make this official Everybody let's agree that MCs need a tissue The folk's my only issue I bet your mama miss you And I bet the Mac they go off like a MX miss No more you're whining on the charts Welcome time back as I to the Kimber Moore
4: Show on, on WBON 1690 AM The Voice right. of the Nation So, uh, we have a gentleman on the line Cliff, what's up, Cliff?
2: Thanks for taking my call Listen, I want to take this issue to another level And see if this makes any sense I'm saying that the powers that be, those who create these holidays in America, they specifically, by design, idolize those white Europeans that caused the most damage to us as a people. So Even as we deal with Lincoln and George Washington and George Jefferson, you know, in, in terms of what they have contributed, recognizing that the slaves, even with Christopher Columbus, they have done the most horrendous things to black people. And so we idolize them you know, in terms of trying to be Americanized and be patriotic, even to the point where we as black people we're celebrating the 4th of July, even Thanksgiving. And these are holidays really which have commemorate the worst to us as a people. So am I making a little bit of sense? Oh yeah. So that's what I'm saying is definitely. that we're idolizing those who've done the most damage. And even currently speaking, you know, they, those again, idolize Trump and he has done the worst to black people. So. These are their heroes, and what we need to do is isolate ourselves from being involved and participating and celebrating these people. So we're finally waking up. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Yeah.
5: Thank you, Cliff. Yeah,
4: thank you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, agree we need to change some things.
5: There's yeah. a lot of history behind some yeah. of these holidays that, you mm-hmm. know, we celebrate the good in them, right. but we don't necessarily know what the origin was. Yeah, And we need to pay more attention. Yeah. It's not just Columbus Day. There are a lot of holidays mm-hmm. that need to be reevaluated. Yeah,
4: Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. They, uh, the Indians teach you how to grow corn and, and survive, and then we kill you.
5: Right, right, know? and we celebrate that. <laughs> but so, we're starting to get out of that tradition, like you know, with Thanksgiving or a yeah. lot of us starting to celebrate Juneteenth yeah. now. Right. Like yeah. we're waking up to that, as as Cliff said. So it's like you know we have to investigate what we've done traditionally, and then also take on those holidays that actually have some significance, some relevance to to
4: us that mm-hmm. are positive. Yeah, mo- most definitely, most definitely. So uh, so switching gears a little bit, speaking of barbarism and the way people are being treated, um, there was a young lady that was sitting in her car in South Shore yeah. a few days ago.
5: Yeah, this was over the weekend. She was in her car in South Shore, um, a 51-year-old woman, uh, near 73rd and Bennett, which when I read that just kind of freaked me out because I used to live on 72nd and Bennett.
4: Wow. Um, terror town, terror t- town.
5: Yeah, and this was just before 3 p.m. Someone walked up to her car mm-hmm. and shot her in the head. In broad mm. daylight. Broad just day. I mean, bold. middle of the afternoon. Mm. And it's one of those things, like when I heard the story, it's like we should be so... Outrage, yeah. like yes, we know gun violence happens, but we're just hearing more and more of these stories—just complete barbarism.
4: That's what again,
5: it is. you That's know, exactly whether it's is. somebody walking up on on a woman in a car, or you have um, a group of gunmen just randomly shooting mm-hmm. into a convenience store, and it's like, where is the outrage? When do we begin to march for that or picket for that? Like how? We can't just keep normalizing it because I think we're getting to a point where now this just feels like this is what happened. Yeah, just desensitize. Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, I agree with you, and I'm going to tell you how I've always felt about it. These guys are living with somebody. They stand in somebody's house, right? And in why Grandmama can't the basement. police catch nobody? They the <laughs> Their dad ain't saying nothing to them, and they get up, gone, and they come back a few hours, and they just chilling, man. And it's it's something wrong with that. So let me tell you what happened to me about three years ago. Real talk. I got out of my car. I went up to my stairs, my door, and just as I put the key into the door, I hear three pops, and I turn around. It's a young man. 20 feet away from mm. me in front of my car shooting at five other guys Wow! Mm. running. They was about 30 feet away from him and they all ran down the street. Guess what? He missed all of them. Mm. But my neighbor happened to be across the street sitting on her porch. I didn't even know. It's, it was late at night. And she I noticed her crawling through her door. Wow. Here's the thing. He looked at me, I think he did, and then he walked away. And I'm thinking to myself, man, Did he notice me, or was he worried about me? Because he probably could have shot me. This happened three years ago, Mm. and I wrote about it. And uh, the guy missed. He missed. And this is what's happening out here in these streets. These guys out here with these guns trying to protect themselves from each other, and they missing or they're just doing these crazy types They miss their of actual target. Like they hit the young lady at Avalon Park, and now they're just walking up on people and they shoot them. To me, that sounds like a crime of passion. I hope they catch the scumbag, because that's what he is, he's a scumbag, I'll say it. You know, but uh, we got to do something about it, and we got to make the hard choices. If it means a uh, two-year uh, two minimum, if you get caught with a gun illegally, I'm sorry, that's how I feel. You know, I know we're talking about Michael Bloomberg, but Trust me, the hood is is crazy, you know, or uh, we – drastic measures we got to do something
5: but where is the passion when it comes to our safety you're passionate about a holiday right right (laughs) right but all these things happen and no one has anything to say right now all of a sudden everybody's quiet
1: yeah
5: and maybe they do need to march but maybe they don't because i feel like that's all they ever do is march right and then it's over with and then no one talks about it again
4: well here's here's my thought on marching i believe in marching but you got to go where the money at now, you ain't mm-hmm. heard it, heard it from me, but then again, yes, you have. Go where the money. you going to march. Go where the money. When it was, They'll hear you then because once you stop that money from flowing, it's a different story. It's a
6: whole yeah. different game.
4: All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back at the top of the hour with our guest, Miss Kiana Hughes. Kiana Hughes. She's going to show you how to uh, take some classes on cannabis. Flavor, yeah. I'm
9: kicking new flavors. 1000 degrees. You'll be on your knees and you'll be burning back in bleeds. Brother freeze, man, deep rooted folks. Smoke that leaves your brains booted. with bad MC with stamina like Rooshina. The winner takes an em C's for dinner. You're crazy like that glute. You're listening to Kendall Moore, Radio for the Next Generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, W V O North.
12: and I might just chill but I'm the type that like to light another joint like Cypress Hill I still do these spit loogies when I puff on it I got some bucks on it but it ain't enough on it go get the S-T-I-D-E-S nevertheless I'm hella fresh rolling joints like a cigarette so pass it across the table like ping pong I'm gum beating my chest like King Kong and song, wrap my lips around the phony and when it comes to getting another soggy, fools all kick in like Shinobi homie me ain't my homie to begin with it's too many Probably let that my friend hit pit Unless you pull out the fat crispy Five dollar bill on the real before it's history Cause who's be having them vacuum lungs And if you let them eat a free, you hella dumb. dumb I come to school with a tailor on my earlobe Avoiding all the flick teasers, skeezers and weirdos Got me throwing off the land like where the bomb at Give me two bucks, you take a puff and pass my bomb back Suck up the dank like a slurpee The serious bomb will make a nigga
5: Welcome back. You are tuned in to The Kendall Moore Show on WBOM 1690. We are getting you from your work week to the weekend. This is So Dope Sandria. I am in the hot seat in for Mr. Kendall Moore, who is out this evening. And then we also have the crew in the building West Side Will. What up, what up? Netta Beretta. A W V O N. So, if y'all heard the intro music tonight, I, I kind of got lost in the song, but if you heard that <laughs> intro music, we got five on it, and we have an expert oh, <laughs> who yes. can lead us perfectly into this topic. Um, when you think about cannabis, when you think about uh, cannabis legislation, when you think about recreational cannabis, you cannot have the conversation. In Chicago or in Illinois without this sister here. She is in the studio. We have Kiana Hughes. She is the founder of Elevated Education. Um, She designs curriculum around cannabis. She speaks all over the state, all over the country, I'm sure. Um, And just letting people know the ins and outs of the cannabis industry. So helping us to go from Consumers and uh, Recreational users To really being players in the the business side of it. So thank you, Kiana, for joining us tonight.
13: Thank you all for having me. It's um, a pleasure. I was really surprised to see you here. So this
5: this is good. This is
13: real comfortable. I feel at home.
5: Yeah, we want to make you feel at home. This is is one of those conversations where you just have to be comfortable. Yeah. um, Because we're going to jump in. We're going (laughs) to dig in a little bit. And so I want to start, of course, you are highly decorated, uh, from an educational standpoint, when it comes to cannabis education, when it comes to training, when it comes to training others, but I want to know how you personally were introduced to cannabis, or back in our day, we probably called it weed or yeah. reefer or something right. else. You loud. Know, depend loud, <laughs> <laughs> Dependent <laughs> on the age. It that one, back um, in my day, but. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I was in third grade. And my best friend from third grade, I was at her house one day and she was like, come look at this. And so we go, we sneak in her parents' bedroom and she showed me on top of their dresser, like their little stash of weed. And I had never seen it before. And I was like, oh my God, like your parents
1: smoke weed.
5: (laughs) So what was the experience like for you? How, how did you discover weed? Oh my goodness. Um,
13: so my parents were like your friend's parents, um, you know my parents had they had weed and weed was around I I came from a family a very big family lots of aunts and uncles on my dad's side there's like 13 kids and then on my mom's side there are um, I got three uncles and so on so it was always around right and to me and and my family and growing up it really wasn't um it wasn't a big deal right it wasn't um, you know, I remember my parents going and getting the little, you know, the little manila envelopes mm-hmm. with the with the weed in it. And it had, you know, even then it had a bunch of seeds and stems and things in there. And I would see like the little, you know, roaches in the ashtray. Now, I would never see them like smoke in front of me. okay. But for me, it just wasn't a big deal. And I think a big part of that was because I also had um, a lot of heavier drug addiction and my family as well. So I was always really able to just kind of see the contrast between the two. Okay. Um, and just I always kind of knew for myself that there was a difference. But I did get caught up in a lot of the anti, you know, just say no and the dare mm-hmm. and all of that. I got caught up in that just like everyone else. So I, I was not a uh, an experimental, you know, teenager. I didn't smoke in high school. Um, I had some of my family members, one of my family members in particular, someone who was very close to me, who had, um, he just completely changed. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he had smoked, uh, he had kind of walked up on a blunt that he didn't have no business smoking, let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it had something else in it. Mm -hmm. And he went from being this completely fun-loving, funny, hilarious, like my favorite, you know, one of my favorite people, to just like a zombie. And it, it changed him for a few years. Um, thank God, how, somehow he kind of came out of it, but he's never been the same. But for a long time, I was just scared, just off of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I knew that cannabis itself or weed itself wasn't a bad thing, but then it was just like you just never know, you know? You just never know. So, um, but then I went to college. Okay. Look, you can end right there because we right. know how that.
5: Yeah. Does. Well, <laughs> <think Exactly. it. laughs> um,
13: but and and eventually, I you know, I ended up starting to, to smoke. Uh, smoke weed. And I'll say, <laughs> I always say this. No, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> not right away, though, either. But I'll, I'll say this. The um, the best weed, even to this day, that I ever remember seeing, right? And the most uh, stoner dude at my school, I went to Augustana College. Okay. And the most, you know, and it was, a, that's a majority white school, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not that many of us. But It was this guy. He was a genius. Like literally, he was a genius. But he did all the drugs. (laughs) All all the drugs. And he gave us some weed, and it was like, like bright lime green, and had these bright red hairs in it. And it was like the best thing. Even like, like I say, to this day, I still be like, yo, I need to figure out what that was that Anders had. Um, So it, you know, that just kind of changed it. And I and I had a group of friends that we would smoke and stay up late and do um, our homework right we was a bunch of you know we was a bunch of nerds we you know we at augustana college we, <laughs> we need we scholarships no, well we were like we had stuff to do so i know. cuz the best into, nerds
5: know how to balance you have right so recreational
13: balance. with the academic right. yes and and we just kind of and i had this i had this belief that we would say if you study for the test high Right. If you high when you studying for the test, you got to be high when you take the test. <laughs>
1: Wait,
5: how did that work out for you?
13: Well, it it worked out, but that really put us on. For me, I'll, I'll say what that really did for me was that put me in a mindset of. Uh, cannabis for productivity, right? Mm, okay. and, and that it wasn't a, a gateway drug to hell or laziness or non-productivity. I, didn't have, I had to graduate college, right? Mm-hmm. I had to graduate in four years. I was on a scholarship. My mom was not going to be paying for no extra years and extra time. So I didn't really have a lot of time to mess around, yeah. right? We had to, you know, get that work done. And so that's really kind of how it started off for me. I mean, long story made a little bit less long.
5: So how, what was the point where you saw the business aspect of it? So going from the recreational to you know what, I can learn more about this. You
13: know, it's crazy because I had this friend, um, my friend Fenicia had, this was several years ago, so I guess in twenty, maybe 2015 um, she was starting a chapter of this organization called Women Grow here in Chicago and Women Grow is a national organization and they were um, at that time, they were really focused on getting women into the cannabis industry, and so I didn't even know at that point that we even had a can- even had a medical cannabis bill or program. But you know, she was like, and she but she was my friend, and so she's like, "Yo, I'm I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come and help me with this event?" And so she told me what it was about, and I was like, "Okay, cool." You know, and it was literally like um, we were going to a um, coffee shop. And this lady was coming to speak. And it turns out the lady ended up being Edie Moore, who is, like, Mm -hmm. my really good friend and uh, mentor and whatever now in the cannabis industry. But that was the first time I met her. And she was talking about um, their process, submitting their application and winning the license for the medical cannabis industry. And um, so we just really started doing more with that organization. And it was just interesting to see. First of all, the majority of the people who would come to the meetings, they were white. Like a lot of times, me and Phoenicia was the only black people at the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they were, and it wasn't just, men, it wasn't just women. There were men, and so we noticed that the way that they talked about cannabis, right? And they called it cannabis, right, right? It wasn't weed. It wasn't, you know, loud or none of that. They talked about cannabis, and the way that they talked about it was totally different than how we talked about it at home or how people that we knew talked about it. So that really was what opened my eyes and got me started in the industry. And then I did some um, speaking for them. So I went to their uh, national conference as a speaker on their main stage and did kind of this TED Talk thing, and I did Mm. that for a few years, And and that was in Denver. And so even just going to those kind of events and seeing how they talked about it it was like, you know, we are not having these conversations at all, right, at all. And so it was just starting to be some buzz going around. In our neighborhoods, we didn't even know that there that medical cannabis was a thing. Right. right. What do you
5: think it is that keeps us out of those conversations and out of those circles?
13: Um, you know, we have a, a sordid history with the legal system and the war on drugs and, uh, you know, Ronald Reagan and Nixon and all of that. Um, the war on drugs itself has such... Uh, racially motivated, mm-hmm. such a racially motivated origins that yeah. it's it was it is literally like rooted and planted within us to kind of have this fear, this visceral mm-hmm. reaction, or have this negative connotation because they used um, you know negative uh, stereotypes about black people and about mm-hmm. um, Hispanics to do a lot of fear mongering. Right about the cannabis plant right and and it went from being available being in uh, various products and medicines and things like that that were actually on the shelves in the stores to you know and and it was called cannabis to oh we're going to call it marijuana because that's what the mexicans call it Mm -hmm. and we're going to give it kind of this negative you know exotic connotation and I have posters up at, at Elevated Education, and you can look them up online, too, where there's a lot of propaganda mm-hmm. about, you know, they'll, you know, have the – black people going crazy and they're going to rape your women mm-hmm. and, wow. you know, they have these drug crazed orgies and, you know, I ain't never had none of this going on. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you like, I just want to study and be more productive and <laughs> relax and, you know, just right. chill and listen to a little hip hop and, you know, hang out with the boys. like. <laughs> okay. So do
5: you think that that propaganda was aimed specifically at us so we wouldn't get, I guess, into the business side of it? I don't think they
13: were that forward-thinking at the time, right? I think it was just a straight-up, like, no, this is bad. I do th- think there were some economic motivations behind it because, you know, hemp ended up being kind of lumped in with that, too. And, you know, you can use hemp to do all kinds of things, right? right. You can, yes. You know, to make paper and all of that. So once once the hemp thing, you know, if that really was up and popping, then, you know, the lumber industry and all these other industries – um, you know, go down, right? So there's always some political and economic motivations, but I don't think initially it was meant to keep us out of any kind of industry. I think it was just like, just to make us feel less than, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We make you feel less than for wanting to feel good, you know? Like wow. we have a problem because How dare
5: with we have? I mean, our pleasure has always been denied right. yeah. from the beginning. Exactly. So how dare we yes. try to do something? And so that that's that doesn't even
13: now you have that, and you add on the layer of you know religion Mm -hmm. right and you know the devil's lettuce and you know it's a drug and it's this and it's that and so there's just a lot that goes along with that let let alone the fact that we have so many of our black men that have been men and women I won't just be like that but I know you know a Mm -hmm. lot of our black men you know end up incarcerated Mm -hmm. um, because you know because of trying to sell Mm -hmm. weed or because of I remember when I first started smoking my dad used to be like When I would come home from college, he would be like, don't be leaving them little roaches in your ashtray in your Mm -hmm. car because Mm -hmm. you can go to jail for just having that. Or don't let no seeds and stuff because he was still used to. (laughs) 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 So so cute. Um, (laughs) He'd be like, you know, watch out for little seeds and stuff and don't let that stuff, you know, because it was really, there was a real fear of, um, you know, of getting in trouble. For it.
5: Mm. Yeah. And I like hearing you talk about your parents because it sounds like they didn't, um, they didn't make you feel bad about wanting to know about weed, about smoking it. Like it sounds like they they helped you have a really healthy relationship. With it, and I think a lot of us are missing a healthy yeah. relationship.
13: Yeah, my mom, um, you know, I, I've told this story publicly before, so it was, um, it, like I said, it was a normalized thing for me, even though they didn't smoke it in front of me, right? So, I literally grew up for a long time when I was growing up, I just knew. That when my mother told me to go in my room, and my mother was a single mom, you know what I'm saying? I knew she would drink wine or whatever, but she would, I would go in my, she would tell me to go in the room, and if my uncles or something was coming over or whoever, I would have to go in the room and close the door, and I would smell incense,
1: mm.
13: right? And I would just kind of smell the incense, and that would become, so I thought that incense was the illegal Mm -hmm. Right. I thought that because that was really what was associated with it for me. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I thought weed smelled like. That's what I thought. this smells like
1: like, patchouli. Egyptian. (laughs) 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 But
13: I didn't know there was anything wrong. So I had this friend whose mom was actually a, I think she was a Cook County Sheriff or a police officer or something. And I know her mom used to come over to the house. Right, and my mom would send me in the room, <laughs> and you know her You're and telling Ms. Baker, too much information. Ah, uh-uh, no, <laughs> look, no names. <laughs> so, well, I'm i right. using a fake name to right. protect the, the guilty. Right. But, so I, I I told this story before that me and my friend, the the daughter of the girl, we was outside jumping rope or whatever. I mean, like little, I was like maybe seven or nine years old, right? We jump a rope and stuff, and um and, I, and she was like, um, I said my mama smoked weed and cig- My mama smoked and cigarettes. And she was like, well, my mama just smoked cigarettes. She don't smoke reef. And I was like... Yes, your mama do. Oh, <laughs> oh you Yes, told. she do. Oh. And she was like, uh-uh, how you know? And I, and I said, because I had been at her house, and i seen roaches in the ashtray. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what we called the, you know, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day they called roaches ducks yep. or whatever. And I was like, oh, girl, I saw the roaches in the ashtray. Your mama. And your mama be coming over, and she be, and I had to go in the room. Telling all I, <laughs> her mothers this, girl. <laughs> and she was just like, we ain't got no roaches. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: Yes,
4: you do. <laughs> A
10: different kind uh, of roaches.
13: <laughs> but I got in trouble because That's you know there, it was just like, yo, don't talk about that outside. Right. Like her mom heard, and my mom was like, yo, don't talk about it, you know whatever because she could have lost her job or people could have heard or whatever. So,
5: so yeah. what's the? Um, just going back to making yes, the ma'am. the business of of cannabis. Mm-hmm. When did you realize, okay, I can do trainings, I can get certified. Like when did mm-hmm. you begin to see the bigger picture? Because I feel like a lot of us were behind the eight ball by the time legislation came down for yeah. it to be recreational. It's like, we're, we're, we're late to the what game. To People do. have already been preparing for sure. this. How did you start preparing? So
13: I am from a training and education background. I've been developing curriculum um, for 15 years, right? I graduated from Governor State University, got my degree in <laughs> communications and training, Um, So that's what I've been doing the whole time. And my last full-time job, I was developing compliance training for people in the mortgage industry. Right? So in order for them to keep their license, um, they have to take this training, these certain number of hours of training, and the company that I worked for developed this training. So I was, like, the main – not the main, but I was somebody that was developing the training. So Mm -hmm. I learned how to read and decipher laws, right, and and take that and put it into layman's terms. So I knew that – excuse me even though it didn't exist yet i knew that a lot that those same types of requirements had to be coming for the cannabis mm. industry because there was no training or education requirement right and this is throughout the country mm. that there yeah. all these different states were going live and i was learning this because i would go to these conferences and be like guys, I want to write training for the industry. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I wants to talk about that. Like, and these are business people and people that own dispensaries and, you know, big players. At that time, because of the industry was so small, you know, you could really have easy access to some really powerful women in the industry, um, certainly through that organization, too. So we would come to these places, and I'd be like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do it. There was no mandate for it, so there was no need for it. But I knew that it was coming, and that's what, that it was what I wanted to do. And so I just started talking about it. Mm. And um, once this, this lady was, this girl in particular, asked me, like, I had just made up the name Elevated Education, right? I just, <laughs> like, that's going to be my business. I don't know <laughs> it what goes good. Do, it's good. I mean, it's, Elevated. it's Elevated. spot on. Great. Yeah, yeah, like high school, right? right. Elevate. Mm-hmm. That was, like, my word that year was Elevate, Elevate. So... Um, And she's like, so what does elevated education do? And I just, and this was God, this is how I know, because it just, I had never said these words before. It just popped out. I was like, I developed compliance training for the cannabis industry. Wow. And and curriculum for the cannabis industry. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. But I wasn't doing that for nobody yet. Mm, Right? Um, And so this just came along, honestly. I don't, I think it was just me trying to figure out, like, what can I do in this industry? And a lot of the knowledge and information that i was getting at these conferences and at these networking these mixers and stuff was people that just figured out how to do what they do Mm -hmm. for the cannabis industry yep and i was like yo how can i do what i do for the cannabis industry so then i just started doing like community education and just going out and telling people about the medical cannabis program and how to get on it and what the conditions are and I would have free presentations, and people were scared to come. I was going to say, was gonna like, were, was it hard wow, to get really? us in the
5: room? Was it hard to get black people in yes, the ma'am. room for trainings?
13: Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, I had people straight up tell me that they were not I can't come to nothing like that. That that can't let nobody see me coming to nothing like that, wow. or. Um, they ain't going to do nothing but get y'all all up in there and y'all going to get arrested and the police going to come y'all going to get arrested. What? And I'm really? like, um, to be clear, I'm not giving away weed. Like, right. We so <laughs> We're not ain't smoking. Gonna no right. We're not <laughs> smoking. And, and None of that is going to, don't get your hopes up. Bro. Like, <laughs> right. So you have no free samples. I, no. no. Oh. I ain't
4: Okay, that. interview over.
13: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: see what's on
5: Whoa. wheels, my. What? Sorry. <laughs> Certainly
4: not on air, wheels. <laughs>
5: right. All right. <laughs> so you just had to fight stigma, to yeah. like our <laughs> own stigma within the culture.
13: Yes, I had. I got a lot of traction in actually in Park Forest, um, <laughs> but from it was like old white people, and they would come and yeah, they they knew what was right. going on. Mm-hmm. I this one lady, she had been, and the older people, like they don't read all the stuff in the paper. They don't, you know, they mm-hmm. know. The stuff well, and this, they have the funding. And if they have they the funding. Want
5: to go further in it? Yet.
13: Yeah, They would know about it, but our people—they want to talk about that. I have places like we can't host nothing like that here.
4: And I'm like, but you can. <laughs> wow. But
5: see, that's why they need someone like you mm-hmm. to educate them on what's they possible and what no. they don't. Hear,
4: so, so are you a rarity in this
13: industry? <laughs> there's a niche. Yeah. yeah okay. I, there's a. I think there's a niche. Um, I am a rarity in that. Literally, training and education and cannabis are my passions. Mm -hmm. They are what I have all, um, you know, cannabis in a different degree, but I've always been doing this. It Mm -hmm. is my gift and my ministry and my passion, you know, teaching and talking and putting together. I just think like a curriculum developer. That's just literally how I think. Um, So I am a rarity in that I have the unique combination of um, instructional design and curriculum development skills, plus uh, teaching experience. I taught. I teach at Prairie State Community College. Mm. I've taught for there, there, there for the past 12 years. Um, I teach communications. So you know that the facilitation experience plus the cannabis knowledge that is kind of a. I, I would say that's a niche. But there's a lot of there's a lot of people out here that's doing cannabis training, but Whatever not you like
1: want. you. <laughs> that's right.
5: And so after this break, we're going to come back and Kiana's going to tell us um, how you can get in on some of these trainings, what you can expect, actually expect <laughs> at the training. There won- will not be weed served, um, and how you can get into this industry. So make sure you give us a call 312-374-8130. if you have any questions for Kiana Hughes tonight, and we will be back right after the break.
7: He's the new kid on the block. He's got the weekends on lock. Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVN.
5: Welcome back. It's F- the A- Kendall Moore A- Show for your F- Friday F- night, F- WVON w- w- 1690. So Dope, Sandria, in with the crew. And we are joined live in studio tonight by Kiana Hughes. She is the founder of Elevated Education. She is also, um, is it Executive Director of Chicago Normal?
13: No, I am Education education
5: director, education director of Chicago Normal. Um, cannabis advocate and educator. So right before the break, we were going to get into train cannabis trainings. So what can people learn in these trainings that will get get them a foot in the door in the industry?
13: Sure. I um, So I want to start off by saying, if you have an opportunity to go to a free presentation, that you should do that, honestly. And that's just, you know, from my roots. Like I, like I said, I did this for free for a long time. And people just didn't want, to know mm-hmm. and now i just i have to charge for the stuff that i used to do for free so let me just say that um we need the basic knowledge whether you are just going to be a consumer whether you want to get in a business whether you are just curious about what's happened in your neighborhood you need the basic knowledge about the endocannabinoid system what cannabinoids are you know, there's more to life than THC and mm-hmm. CBD, God. Um, <laughs> so that you need to learn some of those things, right? Learn that terminology. Now, if you're looking to get a job in the industry, there are plenty of dispensary agent training uh, classes and things of that nature out there where you can learn. Um, for example, Chicago Normal has one, D- uh, dispensary agent training one, and dispensary agent training two. And it really is a deep dive into um, the tasks and the roles and the responsibilities of people who work in dispensaries, right, um, and just on a real basic level. So it's not like on-the-job training, but, you know, just to let you know kind of how things operate and how operations flow. But it also gives you that initial Knowledge about you know cannabis and the body because we really do believe that that's important, Mm -hmm. right? And and there's a lot of fear around it because people just don't know. So that's one of the biggest things. I think that's probably one of the more common classes that you see out there is the dispensary agent training, or people call it like bud tender training.
5: Bud, I like that. that. Yeah,
13: (laughs) but there's varying degrees of training for for of that as well. So as far as degrees of quality. And thoroughness and so on.
5: Right. So. <laughs> so like the big thing now, people like to talk about how getting a dispensary, owning a dispensary is so expensive and it boxes black people out because we don't always have the capital mm-hmm. to get into that part of the industry. Um, what are some other ways that we can actually be a part of the industry without trying to come up with thousands and thousands of dollars to own a dispensary.
13: So there are what you call, what we call ancillary businesses. Um, My business, Elevated Education, is an ancillary business. And what that means is I provide a service to the industry without having to go through all the licensing hoopla that you would have to go through if you were applying for um, a craft grow or a dispensary or any of that. So people get really limited in thinking that, you have to go the licensed route. Mm-hmm. That is the route that costs the most money. It is the most risky, right? Mm-hmm. Which means you also have the potential to lose the most money, right? It has the highest barrier to entry. Um, for me, the thing that that really stands out, of course, about black people is our hustler spirit. Mm-hmm. So if we apply that hustler spirit to figuring out, again, how to do what we're good at already— for the cannabis industry um, and really looking at it beyond, like, yeah, there's a lot of dispensaries, but they're gonna need to be built out. They're gonna need electricians. They're gonna need HVAC people, right? Ventilation. Legal. Absolutely. Clearly, ventilation yeah. is a big deal. Yes. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they're gonna have to water these these. Um, yeah. Cultivation places—they need water plumbing. Like I'm really big into yeah. trades, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? So um, I get really frustrated. And like you said, legal, accounting, IT, security, copywriters, I, intellectual property is a big deal, right? Mm. People are losing money left and right because they're out here trying to do what somebody else did, mm-hmm. or they're making the wrong kind of labels because they—they haven't, they're not reading the law. and They do spent all this money on a, a graphic graphic design, right? Graphic design. On a graphic designer who made a label with a weed leaf on it and a cartoon font, and it's in bright pink, and that's against all the laws, right? Oh! <laughs> <you know. laughs> okay.
5: Cartoon, you know. yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Advertising to kids. Yeah, exactly,
13: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of different... Um, areas that we can get into. And it, like I said, it's frustrating to me to have someone come up to me and say, yeah, I've been in construction. You know, I'm a general contractor. I've been in construction for 33 years, and I got a construction company. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out how to open up me one of these dispensaries. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's why? Crazy. Why? Yeah.
5: Why? There's so, a, there are a lot of dispensaries that need to be built out. Yeah,
13: there are. So. There are. There's a lot of buildings that even if they, you know, find a building, they're still going to have to do some retrofitting of that building to meet these requirements, right? So I want our people to figure out what the requirements are and figure out how you're going to fill the need. we trying to find, you know, black security companies, mm-hmm. right? When you're talking about this licensing application process, we need security professionals to write the at the plans, right, to write the training, the security plans, right? Like that's immediate money, Boom, right? Because you got to know what, kinda, what kind of cameras you need to get, and you are got to know mm-hmm. how to interpret these laws and figure this stuff out. Um, so just things of that nature. There's, tra- there's a transporter application that's currently out now. Mm-hmm. Well, they need people that know how to fit you know, stuff to a car, right? How to, you know, like, like there's specific requirements for the kinds of vehicles that you can use for that. They need people who know how to attach a lockbox
7: to mm-hmm. a car,
13: you know what I'm saying, or how to make it, you know, how, whatever security requirements. So there's a lot of opportunities. There really are. There's tons of opportunities. Like
5: taking those transferable skills, yes. pretty yes. much what you do on your day job already, Yeah, you can do it for the cannabis industry especially so if yeah. you're
13: already good at it and you've been doing it for years and now you don't you don't have to learn something completely and totally new you know i mentioned accounting the um term 280e it's a it's a rule that affects all these cannabis these plant touching businesses mm-hmm. right they can't it basically is the rule that says they can't write off their the cost of goods sold right mm-hmm. because cannabis fe- is federally illegal so they can't they can't write off weed right like you know if you were if you were making that shirt that mm-hmm. sweatshirt or the Chrissy shout out to Philosopher right yes we love she Philosopher shirt, yeah. right well because she had to buy this shirt mm-hmm. to make this shirt to sell me this shirt she can write off some of the cost of this shirt really right Yeah, that's how, you know, that's how businesses work. What you have to buy, the supplies and the materials that you have to buy Mm -hmm. to create your product, you write, you get to write off a percentage of that, Mm -hmm. but you can't do that with cannabis and cannabis products, Mm. right? And there's all kinds of like intricate um, rules and and requirements and laws that govern that from an accounting standpoint. Good God, we need black accountants to start understanding this so I can have some black people to send people to.
1: Yes, yes,
5: yes. I'm so glad I we're having this conversation, and I hope the people that are listening will take it to heart because we always seem like we want to chase the next shiny thing. Mm-hmm. But we have gifts and we have talents in our respective industries that we can just be creative. Yes. Just like you did. You mm-hmm. had a passion and you found a way to find your niche in a new industry. Yeah. Right. Or we want to complain about the part that we feel we're being boxed out of, like oh, I don't have twenty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand. Right. right. It's like, but you can do this over here. Absolutely. Why are we focused on dispensaries? Absolutely.
13: Yeah. yeah. And why are you trying to? I mean, I get it. We want to have a seat at the table, but you know, we can build our own table, yes. right? And we can take over other parts of this thing that will put us in a way better situation with a much lower capital raise than. Any of that stuff on the license side.
5: So when you talked earlier about uh, the stigma and, and trying to get people out to trainings, is it challenging for you uh, when you tell people what you do for a living? Do you get mixed reactions? Not now. <laughs> 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 now they want to know how they can do right. what you yeah. do. Now, yeah, now everybody hey, no back right. in. Didn't want,
13: want me now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, not now. It's um, now I don't want to tell people what I do Mm. because I only want to talk about it all the time. Yeah. Right? And it's nice to just be quiet sometimes and just see because everybody's talking about it, so I don't have to, right? Everybody's talking about it all around, so sometimes it's just nice to be quiet and just listen and see what people are saying. Like, oh, mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. But then some, but but I do, um, I like to help, right? So, And I like to keep the good information out there, the right information out there, so... I do have to do more talking about it than I probably want to sometimes, just so I can be like, yo, no, 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 that's not how it is. That's not what it is.
5: Martin, yeah. Like That's not true at all. And that's like, not true right. at all. Yeah, I do now, a lot of ranting. what's the deal with CBD in comparison to what you're teaching with cannabis? Because now you can walk into a health food store, mm-hmm. the gas station has mm-hmm. CBD. Like, that's the hot buzzword, but I'm wondering if people really know what it is.
13: Yeah, you know what, CBD is, um, it's a chemical compound, it's a cannabinoid that's found in the cannabis plant, just like THC, right? So the first thing we need to break down is that it's not that CBD isn't cannabis, right? And it's not that CBD is only in hemp, and it's not that hemp CBD is the same or just as good as cannabis CBD, right? There are distinct differences. So Um, There are a number of, I think there's almost 200, or I know over 100 cannabinoids that are found in the cannabis plant. Um, THC is one of them. CBD is one of them. There's others, CBG, CBDA, all of these other ones, right? And they all have different therapeutic effects. CBD just happens to be the one that doesn't get you psychoactively high, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, It really just kind of mellows you out. And just kind of puts you on. It helps, helps you focus. You know, it's good for. I like you know when I used to work out. <laughs> uh, I like to you know have some CBD before I go work out because huh. it would just really help with the focus in the in the exercise, right, in the workout. Um, but and so it gets a lot of uh, a lot of buzz and it's really exciting because it doesn't show up in drug tests, right? Mm. Ain't nobody testing for CBD. And there is a such thing as hemp CBD, and, you know, hemp is now federally legal because of the Farm Act. So that is just kind of the safe, like, talk about the gateway drug, Mm -hmm. (laughs) CBD. Mm -hmm. CBD is the gateway drug, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Uh
13: (laughs) the gateway chemical. But the thing of it is, um, for uh, many of these products that are floating around out here with the CBD claims, there's very little actual CBD in them, right? Um, or and it might not be the most therapy. You're gonna get some therapy from it. I'm not saying that right. it's all bad, um, but you know. It's How not do you the double same. check
5: the quality of yeah. products?
13: Well, it should have some. You you should be able to access or see some type of lab testing results. Mm-hmm. So the more reputable products will have maybe like a QR code mm-hmm. that you can scan and it'll take you to the website or it'll tell you, you know what is the website of the lab, the the lab where it was tested, and you should be able to go and look up that product or look up that particular um, item or whatever and see what the profile is or what the testing results were, right, and see that it tested clean for various pesticides and conditions and things of that nature. Um, That's really the best way. And I would also say, you know, now I I do believe one of the biggest benefits of adult-use cannabis has been that we have now, everybody has access yes. to something that only the medical cannabis community had access to before. And so you don't have to be confined to just getting the CBD that you get at the gas station or at the right. family mm-hmm. video. But please don't get it at the <laughs> gas <station>. <laughs> 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 Or at the family video or, you know, whatever, that you bought late night online or whatever. But you can actually go into a dispensary and say, hey, I heard about this. And you can get real cannabis CBD because it really, there is a difference, and it does need to work kind of in conjunction with the other parts of the cannabis plant to be effective. Awesome. So it's well, to come concentration. Oh, yes.
5: Sorry. We'll be back uh, right after the break uh, with more cannabis education. We'll get into that concentration uh, right after this next break. It's the Kendall Moore Show. <laughs>
7: Yeah, he said it. It's Kendall Moore, Radio for the Next Generation. On the Talk of Chicago, 1690 W V O N.
5: My Heart Radio, And if you're if you're smart, you're also checking us out on our Facebook page. We've got the live stream going at the Kendall Moore Show, Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you check us out. Also be sure to call us at 312-374-8130. We have with us in the studio tonight Kiana Hughes. She is a cannabis educator and advocate. She has been giving us all the, the cannabis tea tonight and so we're just closing out the hour um but before we get back to kiana we have a caller we have eric eric are you on the line yes how are you we're doing great thank you for calling Hi, Eric.
2: good i just had a couple questions after one is where's the uh location price and times of your courses uh two is after you take your courses are you giving um, contact information for the uh, to get into the in- industry, and I had a statement. the The weed that you were, or marijuana that you were speaking about, is called Redhead Sis Amelia. Mm. Oh, you sound
13: like my parents. I'll take the answer Redhead, thank you, thank you.
5: No,
14: redhead Sis, are... okay. Redhead cis- cis- Amelia.
5: Okay.
1: All right. We got a
5: connoisseur. Thank you. And those are great questions. So, yes, Kiana, let us know about these classes where, when, how much, and then is there job placement assistance Mm -hmm. after? So,
13: um, you can find out all the details of my classes. Let me get this part out first at www.elevatededucationllc.com. Um, but I do have some classes coming up in March. I have a Cannabis Cultivation Overview. Um, I have an Illinois Cannabis Business Crash Course, um, an Infused Cooking Course, and also mm-hmm. an Infused Topicals Course. So the prices for those classes vary from 35 to, I think they're on sale now, 35 to $75, I'd like to say. Um, and it just kind of depends on which course you're going to. They're either a two-hour class or a four-hour class. My, uh, my uh, location is in Park Forest. I'm at 232 Main Street, which is in the downtown Park Forest area. Now, as far as um, jobs... It is very important, especially for those of you who who live in what are called disproportionately impacted areas or DIAs. You need to look it up, look it up, look up your address to see if you are in a DIA because these companies that are coming to Chicago and coming to Illinois, they have to um, hire a percentage of employees from disproportionately impacted areas, right? And Mm -hmm. especially those who themselves say that they are social equity applicants, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they are there is a mandate for them to hire people. And that is a big part of why I do what I do is to make sure that we're educated and prepared so that they can't say, well dang, well nobody from the areas mm-hmm. they ain't really even know how to do the stuff, right? So um As I find out and learn about different jobs and things of that nature, I certainly put that information out there. Or a lot of times what will happen is, like, somebody will just, like, personally reach out to me, Mm -hmm. right? And they'll say, hey, I'm looking for this kind of person to put on a team. Or I'm looking for someone with this kind of experience. Or, um, you know, Olive Harvey reached out. Yo, we we need people to teach, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's stuff that I want to pass, that I'm passing up on, that I can say, well, I don't really want to do it. But I want, you know, I know somebody else. Here, you can talk to this person. So I I use those connections and I make those opportunities available, you know, whenever I can. But I only do that for people who have shown me that they are actually serious about being in the industry. So I don't do that just for the passing person who just happens to reach out like, yeah let me you know what i'm saying yeah. like but you ain't really to put none of your skin in the game not even the google you ain't even googled nothing
1: right, right? You like, <laughs> like you literally well, you are asking try. me
13: googleable <laughs> questions or things that you could just watch the news and find out right. right so yeah i hope that answers eric's questions
5: oh that's good stuff good stuff and then we have another caller on the line we have art on the line art are you still there
15: Yes, I am. Good evening, ladies. How are you doing? Good evening. All right, young ladies. Uh, Well, here's some pushback on some things. Number one, I'm 51 years of age, and I have not ever did any drugs for recreational use. If I had to have some form of surgery or I had to take medicine because I was ill or sick, you know, once the doctor prescribed that, I was over with, we move on. So my concern is this. How we are teaching our children to say no to drugs Number one, and then in the same token, <clears throat> we promoting drugs. Number two, we know drugs and alcohol has decimated and destroyed the community. We know this for a fact. So my my problem with this is, I have never seen any drug that anybody did any good for recreation use came out of it. I can use one person for example. I can take Whitney Houston. A multimillionaire had all the resources in the world once she started using drugs to get help. It didn't help her nor her family. Destroyed it. So I'm not sure. And at the last point, I had a guy, a friend of mine, who wanted to get a job. And uh, he had to take a drug test. And the only way he was going to pass and this was his janitory janitorial maintenance. The only way he was going to pass a drug test is somebody had to urinate in something so he can take it in to pass it. So I'm very confused on our promoting drugs is a good thing. So maybe you can explain to me that.
5: Thank you. That's a thoughtful yeah. question, Art. Thank you. We
13: have we have
5: time. Yeah, we have time. Okay.
13: Yeah. Um yeah, I think that's a very that is a very thoughtful question. I think that is a common refrain that I hear from um I would say people within that particular generation, um people of a certain age will certainly always see Cannabis as being a drugs, right? A, a drugs, a drugs. <laughs> um, I always count. I like to counter that with um, a cannabis was mistakenly put into the Schedule One classification, which is the same type of a classification as you have for heroin, right? Which you have that you have for LSD to say that it's highly addictive, it has no medicinal values. Um, and things of that nature. The, that is actually not true. So one of the things we have to do is we educate, we, we educate ourselves around the concept that cannabis is just as hard of a drug as, uh, like, like we talk about Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston was on crack. Whitney Houston didn't overdose from uh, cannabis consumption. No one has ever overdosed from cannabis consumption, and these are things that are easily researchable and easy to find out. Um, I would also say, and I'm not quite sure if I caught all of his all of his comment, but I certainly do understand um, the frustration and the hesitance, but I would say that information is free and it is some, certainly something that is freely researchable to learn more about it um, because it's not necessarily, I'll put it to you this way, I know people who are on methadone, I know people who are on chemotherapy, I know people who are um I had an aunt before that was like addicted to acetaminophen, right? She mm-hmm. was like literally addicted to Tylenol mm-hmm. or Tylenol with codeine or whatever. There's a lot of things that we take therapeutically that are that are legal that are drugs, that are actually drugs. Like he said, he went to, unless it was something that he had to take for when right. he had surgery or something. Well, when you have surgery, they give you opioids, right? They're giving you Norco. They're giving you oxycodone. And mm-hmm. look these drugs up and tell me how many people have died from overdose on them. So we can't even really make the, um, for me, the, the assumption or the presumption that because it was illegal and... Um, that it should stay illegal or that it is a harmful and terrible thing. I don't necessarily know that as we learn and see more um, and have better evidence about the efficacy and the health benefits of it, I don't know that it is something that I can just continue to look at and vilify in such a harmful way. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, I I was going to say socially and politically, if I may uh, respond back to Art, I think it's also a matter of us as black people taking Of something that's a substance You know it's We don't own alcohol companies Yet it does devastate our community
1: Mm -hmm.
4: Cigarettes That devastates our community We don't own that if we know that this is something that could devastate our community, at least let's have some control over it and be invested in it to the point where we can corral where it goes. You know, so we do have to. Yeah. It's, we, we're damned if we do, we damned if we and don't. And have the we conversations with our children. Yeah, so I, I, I do understand know, where art is mid-signals. coming from, yeah. but yeah, we kind of gotta. We have to be invested in this, or else other people will use it to take advantage of us.
13: Well, also regulation, you know, is a good thing, right?
5: Oh yeah, so we're 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 wrapping up, but we can get more information. Give us your website one more time, um, sure. so people can find you.
13: It is www.elevatededucationllc.com, dot com, and you can actually do forward slash register, and you'll see all the classes and things um, that we have coming up in the month of March and moving forward. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much, you. Kiana
5: Hughes, in the building awesome. with us. Thank you. And you are tuned in to the Kendall Moore Show. We'll be back right after this with our lit roundtable. Make sure, make sure you keep it locked.
9: You're listening to Kendall Moore, radio for the next generation, on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 AM, W V O N. Kendall Moore, like Time to have
16: more side Back, in our oh, ways. Oh, oh. Our impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. Time to add more to our day. It's the nightcap. We fight back, it's in our ways. Our impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. Same song, same one, different day. We always triumph in the world full of hate. Fight guns, be guns. Can't focus yesterday. Add more to today. Add more to today. Same song, same one, different day. We always triumph in the world full of hate. Bygones be bygones. Can't focus yesterday. Add more to today. Add more to today. Time to add more to our day. Can the yes, nightcap. We fight back. It's in our oh, ways. So our play. impact so crucial, cool. so great. We all play a part. We all got something to say. Time to add more to our day. Can do the nightcap. We fight back. It's in our ways. Our impact so. Cool. So great, we all play a part, we all got something to say. Time to add more today. If the wisdom nightcap, we fight back, it's in our ways. I impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part, we all got something to say. Time to add more can If we're night cap, we fight back, it's in our ways. I impact so crucial, so great. We all play a part, we all got something to say.
5: Welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show, the best Friday night show in Chicago, around the nation, on the air, online, everywhere. It's the best show. I got Will right here with me. What up? I got Sandy right what here up? with me. Naya still in the building. Jerry's over there doing his thing. How are y'all doing out there, Chicago? Thank you for calling in, chiming yeah. in with us through these conversations we just had. Miss Kiana Hughes talking about cannabis. Who knew we had a cannabinoid system in our body? Right. Did you know that that was a thing before they started legalizing weed and all that? Did either of you no, know? No, I had no idea. I didn't really know before I took a training. So before the training, I didn't really know. But. So just like Art was concerned about it, you know, being a bad thing, but there's actually so many benefits
1: to it mm-hmm. as there's opposed definitely
5: to... definitely a, a medicinal angle, yeah. As opposed yeah. to all these... Uh, Drugs, hardcore drugs that you could be doing, right? And I want to talk about something. Speaking of doing drugs, (laughs) it's like a trend right now for celebrities to get face tattoos. Why is that Mm. such a thing now? Like... You know, yeah. you had a few rappers here and there popped up who do it. You know, Mike yeah. Tyson, whoever. Yeah. Right. But now it's like a lot a of people. So, yeah, so, recently I have a few. So Cindy Crawford's son just got one. What? Gene Simmons' daughter just got one. Hmm. Chris Brown got a big one recently. Hmm. Amber Rose just got a kid's name tattooed on the forehead. Really? Just, yeah, why though?
1: I don't know. I
5: can't, can you think wild. of one thing that you love so much that you want it tattooed on your face? No, but <laughs> but I wonder, will the face tattoo kind of become normalized the same way, you know, maybe like a forearm or not. even a neck tattoo? Like when neck tattoos first started, I would look like, why do you have a neck tattoo? But now when I see them, I'm like, oh, that one looks tasteful. Yeah. That one, you know, so I'm wondering if there will be, an evolution of the face tattoo but right now it, it's an, it's a no for me dog it's a, it's I mean, a no. well, you look so confused you know no. i
4: have seen face tattoos on the rappers like six nine and then it was that guy extension he's he's dead now and uh i'm like you know when i see somebody with a face tattoo to me it's saying do not hire me i don't want the job but you a know, lot of people have artist. entrepreneurs
5: as yeah, celebrities. Entertainers. They don't need a job.
4: Yeah, but what I'm saying is a lot of people follow entrepreneurs and celebrities who are out of the limelight. Now, you go get a face tattoo, and <laughs> then you go to the, you know, you want to go work at a bank or something. Man, look here. You got to think bigger. That's
5: true. <laughs> and know, for that reason, gotta... a lot of tattoo artists won't even do them,
4: Yeah. especially
5: oh. on young people. Like, I'm not going to help you ruin your life.
4: Oh, that's good. I didn't know they were doing that.
5: I want to see somebody like... <laughs> 25 years in the future, mm. you know, your face has changed yeah. and your wrinkles, mm. like what happens when you get older, you know, cause we, as women, we get our little tattoos, you know, the lower back or the belly and these tattoos shift
1: yes. yeah. over
5: time. So how does that work with your face? Mm. like? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of we as women okay. some women get their eyebrows tattooed on their eyeliner yeah, I heard about like that. where does this Well start? Michael Jackson started that I feel like but
4: I think that's absolutely that permanent crazy makeup. Man. Just grow your eyebrows like it... here. <laughs>
1: some, well, some people can't, can't grow so. eyebrows will. well,
5: or I they want to keep that, that perfect I feel brow, Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> when you get that perfect brow, when your brow person does it just right, you want to keep that. So it's like, okay, let me get it permanently, and then I don't have to worry about it. But see, here's my thing: every time I've gotten my eyebrows professionally done, they're lopsided. So I'm gonna trust you to tattoo it on my face now. Mm. Well, no, you can't go to the person who. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I the can't trust right. them wow. to Tattoo it on my face, and they misspell words. Now you have angle they, on your face instead right, of angel. Right.
4: I mean, I've seen some of them. Uh, I've seen some of those eyebrow Rusted. tattoos. and It look like they, uh, they they alert all the time. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <Curious>. <laughs>
4: like Curious. they ever heard the gunshot or
16: something. <laughs>
5: Do we have anybody out there with a face tattoo? Call us. 312-374-8130. Hit us up on the Facebook page. Do you have a face tattoo and you got hired? Yes. I want to know.
4: Art, do you have a face tattoo? <laughs>
5: <laughs> now, you know Art don't have a face tattoo. No. no. Art is a smart man. <laughs> don't ask Art to have a face tattoo. So let's, let's talk about Amber Rose. I want to get into this real quick. Uh, oh, actually, Earl, I'm gonna get to you first. Earl, you on the line? Hello. Hey, Earl.
17: Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Happy, happy Friday,
5: Friday. to you Earl. too.
17: I just wanted to you had you posed a question. and You said, oh, "And forgive my voice. You know, I, I'm I, I'm getting over something, getting over a little cold. So, all
3: right. You sorry got if got I that sound a little no, Do you, brother?
17: Nah, nah. I'm good. All
3: right.
17: All <laughs> right. Um. You posed a question, you said, uh, you know, will it become like a thing, mm-hmm. you know, like the norm? I think absolutely it will, unfortunately. Mm. Or, you know, however people see it. But I think it will become a trend. Because I remember, I'm, I'm kind of, like, I'm a little bit over 40. And um I can clearly remember when, like, the beginning of the tattoos, like, before mm-hmm. that became a thing, it was only, like, two people doing it. Mm-hmm. The way the way that it's being done now, like, don't get me wrong, black people had, like, these little tattoos that, you know, they would do themselves in, like, a basement or something. But <laughs> the only people who had those elaborate tattoos was, like, prisoners and people in bike games mm-hmm. or, like, somebody that was in a war. Everyday people did not have that right. at a certain time. So when, like, Tupac, you know, started doing that, he was, like, one of the first people and then Devonte from Jodeci, yeah. they was doing it and that's i clearly right. remember when they first started doing that it seemed kind of weird like people was like that's crazy like that's weird people didn't do it right mm-hmm. away yeah. until kind of like after Tupac died then everybody started doing it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and uh even Devontae from Jodicea, like he was one of the first people to get the tattoo in his face and that's been like over 20 years ago when he did that. Now they start now, you know, and then Mike Tyson did it, Mm -hmm. and now everybody is getting tattoos on their face. So I'm saying I said all that to say, just based on that from from what I've seen, it's crazy, but, yeah, people will, it will become a norm. And the thing about it is, you know, Devontae, Mike Tyson, and you said Gene Simmons' daughter, and Amber Rose, all of these people, when they get tired of that, they, you know, they kind of rich or whatever. Like, they can right. get that taken so off true. their face. Right. right. But if you work at, you know, wherever, you just nine to five person and no disrespect to that. But you, you, you don't have the, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and then, like you said, I think you said something about getting a job. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess you don't plan on having one. Right. Unless <laughs> what you do is got your own business. You're right. like a barber or, you know, your business, you know, got your own business to where that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, so. But yeah, I think it will become the norm, but you know, at the same time I think if there's a young person doing it on some following the, you know, the Joneses, I think they should think about that.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you Earl so much for that. Thank I appreciate you. you uh chiming in. Mm-hmm. But he's right because there were industries where you couldn't have them at all. You worked mm-hmm. at a bank. Uh, a lot of other professional places you had to cover them up. Even I feel like mm-hmm. in professional sports they didn't allow them to show at, it at some time. point. Uh-huh.
4: At one time and then Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. came in there. To me that's when it started when he came in and he was playing for San Antonio after he left Detroit and before he came to Bulls and he had all those tattoos and then everybody started following him in the league. But I actually know a company a very well known Fortune 500 company that will hire a person with tattoos. Well, really? You know what it is?
5: They need to go to our Facebook That's page right. and see because we're gonna right. put it on there. Where, what's this? T- oh, I see t- tattoos all the time now when I go no, play, but no, face, face tattoo. Oh, okay, yes. we'll we wanna, I want to know too. They so
4: overlook it. We're gonna post that on the page. Because I, I, I was a recruiter at one time, but mm. yeah, they overlook it. Okay. So yeah.
5: Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about one of these celebrities with the face tattoo, Amber Rose. She started up some controversy this week. So stay tuned. The Kendall Moore Show. We'll be right back.
9: Getting you from your work week to your weekend, it's Kendall Moore Radio for the Next Generation.
5: So Doc Sandria, Westside Wheels. What up? We in the building talking about face tattoos. And segueing right into Miss Amber Rose. I feel like every time she's in the news, she's stirring up some sort of drama, controversy, gossip, tea, something, right?
4: Yeah. She's trying to stay relevant. Do you You think think that's what it is? Yeah. I mean, she was the she was the ultimate video woman at the time, and then she got with Kanye and it just seemed like she ain't been right ever since
5: uh oh Kanye done y'all always want to blame something on Kanye well, don't even don't even bring him into this she ain't
4: been right ever don't since don't
5: bring him into this he This is. ain't got nothing to do with her tattoos uh, <laughs> Sandy he's a career I'm perpetuator I'm just saying you gotta admit yeah. they ain't been together in for how long, and she got these tattoos, so he's he's not even part of the conversation. Carry on.
1: Okay. Okay.
5: <laughs> okay. St-
1: we'll leave Kanye alone the for now. This time, right? Jay Bites.
5: But look, let me tell you what Amber Rose did. She had a picture with Mariah Carey, right? Mm. That in and of itself, no problem. But underneath this picture, she had the caption, and I quote: "When you're both light skinned bright skin, multicultural goddesses." But one is talented, and the other one is a hoe. She wrote that? So she wrote she that. about? Herself as being the
1: the, the, the really?
5: promiscuous one. Oh, well. And then Mariah Carey as being the talented why, one. Why would... Uh, you know... So, call us, 312-374-8130. I want to know how you feel about
6: that comment. Mm. <sighs> I'm
1: not surprised.
6: Rose's brand. She has her annual slut walk, True. which mm. challenges the idea that women ask for um, rape to happen toward them because of the way they dress. And also, she was an exotic dancer at a young age and oftentimes she was slut shame before she started even having sex. So, yeah. people And like Will said, her being in the video industry, always being called a, a hoe this, hoe yeah. that. My bad mm-hmm. if I can't say that on the radio. My bad. Uh, she was called a hoe. Quote, end so, quote, right. Yeah. Quote, end quote. Uh, so <laughs> she embraced the term, and yeah. But I'm curious about y'all thoughts on women claiming the term. She's yeah. still
4: fine, though. Oh,
6: my well, god! I just feel
5: like why, it She's seems still like still such an odd status. Like, okay, you're with Mariah. Kim, like, what What are you doing? What are you thinking? Just but She just, in her own world, I, it seems like a lot of times.
4: Yeah, I think she has some mental things going on time will tell i do i do, I think she got some things going on i've been watching her for a while with the slut walk thing and i was just curious about all of that i understand the empowerment thing but the, she to me she can do so much more
5: minister hayden is on the line i want to pull him into the conversation minister hayden you still with us
11: hey i'm still doing the chicken uh, the second leg oh. <laughs> <All>
5: right. <laughs> right that song was that, that song was good <laughs>
11: That's good. We got you moving on a
5: Friday
11: night. Yeah, maybe I'm going to want to go home and take out my DJ
1: stuff. (laughs) Okay. 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 I still
11: still listen to a little music, not all that old crazy stuff. But anyway, (laughs) dealing with that art deal, too, real quick, Uh, a lot of people have the CBD oil and the, uh, what you call it, cannabis mixed up with street mentality of drugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whitney Houston did not use drugs to help herself. She used drugs to destroy herself, and the type of drugs that she used were not prescribed drugs. So you can't get that twisted art because you can be on, uh, get prescribed drugs and stuff and still go take a drug test, but they ask you down on the form, are you taking any other kind of drug? So when they test you, they'll they'll know to see that, and that you won't fail a drug test. So his buddy failed a drug test because he was taking drugs illegally. Okay. So you can't tie that to what's going on now. Um, dealing with, with, with Amber Rose, she's a lady of low self-esteem mm. uh, because of some of the things that went on in her background. And you have some men that feel the same way mm-hmm. about how they treat women and how they act towards women that think they're the dawn. They have uh, issues, too, as well. So. You know, when you see people like that, there are people that have low self-esteem, been damaged, been abused, uh, never never had nobody around them to build their self-worth. Yep. So they hang around other people, and instead of seeing themselves in those shoes, they see themselves as a lesser person.
5: Thank you so much for that, Minister Hayden. I, I completely agree with you. Because the things that we say are just a reflection of how we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. You can try to spin it as self-empowerment or what have you, but if you don't see yourself, think about what that actually is. you calling yourself a hoe. Think about that. It's Mm -hmm. like
4: she's accepting it. accepting her her role or what people call her.
5: And she chose that role is what I'm saying.
4: Yeah. But I mean... You know, like I said, the thing with Kanye, he called her, well, when he was on another show, he was talking about how many showers he had to take with her. I think, honestly, that she liked him. She loved him, perhaps. And he really broke her heart. And Mm -hmm. she took, because I just noticed right after that, she just kind of started going down, as I would hear. Mm -hmm. You know, doing stuff like that. And that can't
5: happen after relationships. You know, somebody broke your heart and you just kind of, go off the deep end. Yeah. I thought we were leaving Kanye alone though. How I you know. get way back because she's had a lot of crazy relationships, yeah, right
4: okay? Yeah, but I just know he was probably the most high profile person she had been with after that and then then she got with what's his name? Savage. Uh, 21 21 Savage and he was doing the slut walk with her when she first started. <laughs> he ain't Savage no more, but Oh my was.
5: goodness. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was there were a couple of them, but I'm just saying, I don't really have a problem with this caption. I don't have a problem with her calling herself light-skinned, bright-skinned. No. Because if she was brown-skinned, we'd be celebrating it. Right. right. Melanin popping. Right. Having a problem with her calling herself light-skinned, bright-skinned, multiracial is just as bad as someone having a problem with you celebrating how brown your skin is right? and we can't on the one hand say you know what I'm proud to be black I'm proud to be brown I'm proud of my complexion and mm-hmm. then bash her because she's proud of hers
1: right? right. but there oh, is
5: oh, a boy. double standard there is there it's is. colorism all through yeah. it yeah. Yeah. but I, and I don't have a problem with her calling herself a hoe either if that's how she sees herself that's none of my business I think yeah. the problem with celebrities is just because someone's in the spotlight does not make them a role model so it's our responsibility to guide our children and teach them who is someone who's good to follow as opposed to worrying about what Amber Rose is calling herself on her social media posts.
4: Right. Yeah. Or stay in their ear, at least, you know, because kids, you know. Because they're going to see them, they're gonna it. They're going to take yep. these phones. and. But now you can have laptops. a conversation
5: with them and be like, yep. okay, well, how did you feel about this caption? Yeah. Would you like it if you took a picture with one of your girlfriends and... <laughs> She called herself or called you a hoe, you know? Mm-hmm. Like those are the conversations we can have. Because they do that in regular conversations. Which I this hate. and be this I and hate all of that. It. I hate we were it having so a conversation much. as a team a couple of weeks ago and you all were taking issue to even being called a female. Oh, yeah. yeah. We yeah. just have to be careful the kind of words that we use and what they associate And the context. Because a lot of times when men say female, they're just substituting the B word. Hmm.
4: Yeah, I never thought about that, but I've never I've never used female. I would just say woman or young lady. Or yeah,
5: because it just man. feels odd. Because no, I would never walk girl, around be like these males in here. Like <laughs> who says that? <laughs>
4: oh, that, wait a minute! I have you heard, heard like that. like that. I have these heard
5: that, males.
4: That. <laughs> there's a, it's a lot of males up that. in here.
5: I'm like no. <laughs> It's some fine males. <laughs> like who? Right? Like who no, talks I'm like that? So let's just take females. No, you could say, say like that, you could say young ladies. <laughs> you could say women. You could say girls. Don't say girls.
6: What? You yeah. don't like girls either. Naya, why don't you like girl? Only like baby girl. No. Baby girl. Oh. Okay, that's, if that's my man. Besides right. <laughs> that, because
5: right. you're a grown woman, right? Right. Hello.
4: Is that usually uh, followed by yes, daddy? Or uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Look at way. <Wade. laughs> <laughs> yes, dad. But it's I always been it. a right, thing okay. like
5: for women to want to stay young. So it was okay to call them girl because they felt like they weren't aging too soon. Right. And also
6: I don't like girl because that's why I know you don't know my name.
5: Ooh, mm. say my name, say my name. Mm,
6: you don't figure that hey out. Hey girl. Huh? Very
5: girl. Very good. <laughs> this one of my homegirls. <laughs> what if they said, hey, ho?
6: Right. <laughs> like what you know about my personal life?
5: <laughs> That's crazy. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. It's the Kendall Moore show. We'll be right back with another topic.
9: Getting you from your work week to your weekend, it's Kendall Moore Radio for the next generation.
5: Welcome back to the Kendall Moore Show. It is the best Friday night show in Chicago. Yes, it is. We are the crew here getting you You from your work week to your weekend. And we're going to abruptly shift gears here. I want to talk about this for the rest of the show (laughs) because this is a deep conversation. (laughs) We we have a lot of mixed views about this in the Mm. studio. And I want you to chime in. So make sure you call us 312-374-8130. We are talking about toxic family relationships. Mm
7: -hmm. And
5: this comes from the Kobe Bryant memorial that just happened this past week, right? So Kobe Bryant's parents were not recognized at his memorial service. And we have some mixed views about that, about whether they should have, whether they shouldn't have. But I want to give you just a little bit of history. I don't know all of their history of their relationship, but I do know that they did not come to his wedding.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Right? Right. And then in 2013, they had a huge falling out because they tried to sell his memorabilia behind his back. Okay. So they did not have a great relationship. Yeah. but we- trust. Yes. Absolutely. West Side Wheel is in the studio saying that See, the parents now, still should have been recognized.
12: All
4: bets off. Look, when this is death in the family, all bets off. And I'm willing to bet you that if Kobe came back, he would have forgave all of that. And I'm willing, I, I, I'm willing to bet that his father would apologize for that. That's his father. He put the ball in his hand. He played basketball first. I know everybody think Michael Jordan is his daddy. Michael Jordan was not Kobe Bryant's daddy. I know he admired him very much, but his father put the ball in his hand. His father taught him, took him over to Italy with him where he could learn them five languages, and he went through that great school system and come back and be the superstar that he was. No, all when that stuff happens, you let all that stuff go. And, and has his wife to me, and this is just me putting my personal spin on it, she should have just let the parents speak. You drop all of that stuff now. You let that stuff go, that man gone. You lost your daughter too? No.
5: I feel like you drop all that stuff when someone has the realization that it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't have a good relationship while he was here, to me, it's borderline disrespectful to turn around and say, you know what, you can go ahead and speak even though I know he didn't mess with you.
4: Uh, yeah, but it's not disrespectful. It's saying, "Look, let let the past be the past." That's
5: saying my opinion is that the past son, be the past. Her
4: son is gone. Right,
1: and they you were at the, mean? they were in they the building. And it wasn't
5: like they were banned. You still
4: have their grandchildren, and that man wants to talk about his son. If he wants, if I don't know if he wanted to, or they didn't want to, but I'm pretty sure he wanted to talk about his son and say how he felt about his son. We started seeing interviews later. I saw an interview last week. His sister were talking. Uh, he had three sisters, and they were talking in an interview that I read last week about how growing up and how they miss him and everything. I just think that's kind of too cruel and that's too petty, petty, and you need to let stuff like that go. And I'm, let uh, it go. We let don't go. know
5: all the particulars, so maybe they did want to speak. Maybe they didn't. Right. Um, the family had a private ceremony, so maybe they did something there. Possible. I don't know. yes. But I don't think they're – obligated there was no obligation to make sure that they speak if they weren't really on speaking terms or if there was some type of toxic relationship right while kobe was alive
0: right
1: and
5: this was a public memorial right Mm -hmm. this was for the fans if yeah. I may say, because they had a private ceremony already, this is so that the fans could get in on the celebration of his life. And anybody who's a true fan would know that he was not ha- on good terms with yeah. his family. And they'd be looking like, "Why are they even here?"
4: No, so, they ain't got no right to to say why I'm not at my son's funeral. So no, why I've do you seen. have a right to say that they should be there? If he, because he's, that's it,
5: my son. That's you. That's my blood.
4: That. I'm the person that put the ball in his hand, that educated him, that fed him, that did all these things. Now, whatever we had our uh, fallout about, like I said, in death, all of that stuff is, that's it. It's over. You know what I'm saying? You let that stuff go. Mm. You got to look at the bigger picture, you know, and that's just how I feel about it. But, I mean, if you want to still hold on to that stuff, even in death. I don't think it's holding on to it from a
5: bitter place. I think it's more of a respect Thing. so if I have a toxic relationship with somebody let's just say you know there was somebody in my family who abused me in some type of right, way and, and I then God forbid that. I pass suddenly I wouldn't want this person mm-hmm. at right. my funeral why Why are you here why did you let that, that. person in but Kobe
4: had a great life you know I mean
5: but that, why, why is that, that even that might have any, been something no like that but we really. haven't
4: heard anything like that You know, it's just, I I think that's just a little, that's wrong.
5: They should have let it go when he was alive. They should have had some sort of family reconciliation while he was alive. We can't have that conversation now that he's gone.
4: Who knows who knows
5: what it
16: was about? Who knows? You know what I
5: mean? So that's my next question. How long is too long to hold a grudge or to hold something against someone? They tried to sell his memorabilia behind his back. And I remember reading that in an interview, he was talking about how, He actually got one of them a house. But it just it's not enough. It's He's never about
4: his his family a house.
5: Yeah, but He's supposed to buy but, his But dad from house. their perspective, it's never enough. They want more. Boy, so, look here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Will,
1: I cannot <laughs> deal with you right now. Six
4: hundred million. You almost have. Boy, you better give me a house. You better give me a couple of cars. You better. Look I raised you. There's no you obligation better give at all. You can give me a hundred thousand dollars. There's no year.
5: obligation. But he wrote a letter to his younger self, right? And he. He had a valid point. You should invest in your family, not give them money. And and it's not just family. That's I just think about that, daddy, about relationships, male, female relationships, your brother, your sister.
4: Not the same. Don't
5: just go throwing money at somebody. Help them build something for themselves. That's love.
4: I agree with it's you. Rela- you
5: can't just give people So the example I like to use. So let's say um, you have a child with someone, and let's say that um the mother isn't present in this child's life. And so the father, you know, he goes off, gets remarried. There's another woman who has stepped into that motherly role. Now, the original mother might feel away when she hears her child calling this other woman mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this other woman who's now in the picture, she's the one who is raising the child, who's doing, you know, the shopping and combing hair and getting haircuts, doing all the things. And I don't think it's fair for that biological parent to be angry. But I, I well, I'm your that. mother. I'm your fi- no, because you're not. You're not active. It's more than just being the parent in name. Yes, it's it's an it's active. It's but a I relationship. If you that, don't have Kobe. that relationship, yes, you gave birth. But you don't have that relationship. You're just standing on but, that but out Kobe of title. But was
4: grown. He was damn near grown. He so came he was back, grown he enough played, to reconcile. He played in New York uh, high school, and then they drafted him right out of high school into the NBA. And he was going good turns with his father then. I mean, what's going on now? Because his father wanted to get a house? I mean, you are in control of that.
5: So how long do I have to pay you back? How long do I have to thank you for you the good deed you You don't have to pay me back it?
4: forever, but this is what I'm saying. You in control of that. He don't have to cut them off. Look, Pop, I'm giving you hundred thousand. That's it. That's yeah. the cutoff, though.
1: A hundred thousand, know? nah, and that's it. That's a the cutoff.
4: if you need something, bam. But this your budget, you got to work with it. He don't listen to Lynn Riches that comes on the twelve <laughs> p.m. on WVON sixteen ninety a.m. Money and it might Friday. not have been Shout a money thing.
5: It really might have been just a respect thing. It could have just been, you know, maybe he felt they didn't respect. His relationship with his wife, or whatever it was. Right. it might not be a not money thing, because of course you know he has m- what's a house to him? Right. Nothing, you know. Right. It might not have been a money thing,
15: right?
4: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree.
5: Just from his commentary that he made, I feel like it was both. He felt disrespected. He felt um, taken advantage of. Yeah. So to turn around and say, "Hey, come speak at his engagement," even though that I just feel like that's completely disrespectful. And we'll, I think you're on your own on this Do one, Do you will. think
4: his father will? T- somebody call in and defend. Yeah, somebody call, some call in and defend my <laughs> yep. position. Yep. Art, <laughs>
5: call in. We got Cedric on the line. Cedric, chime in on this conversation.
14: Hey, good evening, everyone. How you guys hey. doing tonight? All, All right. Awesome. How are you? Good. I just wanted to add to the conversation that uh, your relationship with your parents starts at birth. Mm. And uh, we need to remember that. Kobe was born in Paris, and he moved around a lot with his dad because I believe he was in the military and he uh, played in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So what happens is is that when you uproot a child from different locations, not only do you uh, uproot that child and you move them around, you uproot them from relationships with his friends. And, you know, that takes a toll on a kid. I mean, you can't keep moving a kid around when a kid um, begins to – you have a relationship with other children, and then all of a sudden he has to move to another location because you know you were playing the NBA or you were moving around because you're in the service. You know that takes a toll, and you know kids they they resent that. You know we always got to move. You know dad got you know dad got all over the place. You know because of his work, and you know I can't you know garner relationship with people. That's why Kobe had you know issues with relating with people while he was in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So if you take that into consideration, you know, he gets into the NBA, he picks up a woman that he likes, and then all of a sudden his dad jumps in and says, hey, you you know, I don't approve of that. You know, he, I guess Kobe was like, you know, when when can I be a man? Mm-hmm. You know, when, when can I do my thing and, and do as I please with my life? And i will move around with you all my life. Now, when it's time for me to be a man, you want to step in and, and, and you know, and, and control my life again? Mm-hmm, yep. and, and, you know, p- people got to understand that, you know, you have to relate with your kid from birth. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I think that people got to take all of that into consideration before they make a judgment on whether or not Mrs. Bryant was wrong for excluding the parents from the funeral because, you know, they had intimate conversations about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Mrs. Bryan knew how deep-rooted that, you know, resentment against his father was, and I think she took that into consideration.
4: But but let me ask you, Cedric, do you think it has something to to do with his wife? Did they ever say that?
14: uh, Yeah, they were were saying that uh, his dad— didn't approve her. I I think that right. that's
1: why they, they wanted her to, to get a, uh, wanted him to get a
14: prenup with her or whatever. Oh, I mean, man. and another thing too, she filed for divorce again, and I think twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Oh, they, they wanted to go through it again, oh, you know, okay. after the initial you know thing that happened mm-hmm. in Denver, what have you, and that was in two thousand three, I believe. And I think again in two thousand eleven, she wanted to go through with the divorce again, but you know, uh, they stuck it out you know, have more kids after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people just don't like you messing around in their private lives once they get
5: they, Absolutely. Uh, especially when your relationship with them isn't that great. Right. So we don't even have a good relationship, and now you're going to, chime in and tell me what i can do with my other relationships that doesn't even make any sense to me so we're going to take another quick break we have tammy and art on the line we're going to come back to them when we get back stay tuned it's the kendall moore show
7: he's hot he's mannish but it gets no realer than him kendall moore radio for the next generation on the talk of chicago 1690 wvon
5: More show, you got the lit crew in the building. Hey, we're hey. winding down this hour talking about toxic family relationships and. Just, I'm so glad that they didn't let Kobe's parents get up to speak at this point. <laughs> <laughs> What they do to you,
1: Nana. <laughs> Who hurt, hurt you? you. Will, <laughs> right? <laughs> His parents are dear son
4: to you, Nana. <laughs> you know,
5: and it is a selfish viewpoint because I feel like if I wasn't on good terms with someone when I was here, don't bring them back while I'm gone, changing my wishes.
4: Okay, well, real quick. I'm a she West Side G. Mm-hmm. And if that was my son's funeral, I'm walking up there anyway. And you, I get Hey, dare Kanye. You stop me. Right. <laughs> well, I think it just boils down to
5: anyway. it's another reminder for us to think about how we treat people in life. And if there is somebody that we need to make amends with, you know, and that's not to say we need to be buddy, buddy, we need to be best of family. But if there is something, if there's some type of rift that we need to mend, Let's do it now. Do it Get now. it on the table. Mm-hmm. So that way you're not confused in death <laughs> yeah. about your position in my life. And think oh, about it. you just
4: want too much, man. Not, well, don't and like you can the make an informed way. decision because
5: maybe you'll decide you don't want to show up to the funeral. Like, you right. know what? Sandra, Father, don't in
4: case want me I, I there. die, <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you come up and speak. You know, no, dead, not,
5: not in case I die, I'm going to let you come up and speak. Let's reconcile this now right. because this isn't worth holding on to. And be to. clear about where we stand. But, but what I'm Absolutely. saying is
4: they both have grudges. So, you know, somebody's like somebody's got to be the big person. And since Kobe's died, I'm pretty sure his father did want to say something.
5: Man. You, so if you think about it, if you have some kind of toxic family relationship, are you okay with that relationship staying like that right now? If not, do something about it. Reconcile right. while you both are here and you can Tammy, are you still on the line with us? We want to get your opinion on this topic.
10: Yes, I am. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. evening. Yes, um, I think that um, Kobe should, you know, have um, helped his family, you know, helped his parents um, and forgave them. Um, From my personal experience, my mother did something that really hurt me, really hurt me uh, to the core, but that's my mom, Mm -hmm. you know. And if I was in a position with Kobe where, you know, I was, you know, affluent and had a lot of money. I would have gave my mother whatever she wanted because that's my mom. And, um, you know, just life is just too short. And we're not talking about anybody. We're just, we're talking about our parents that brought us into this world. So, um, it's just sad that, you know, they did not, you know, um, work together to, um, their relationship. But, you know, for my parents, I would do anything, any and everything for them, you know, and that's, that's how I feel.
5: Thank you so much for that, Tammy. And I agree with you. You know, those are your parents. You you should have a special place in your heart. There but you people like Tammy are the rarity <laughs> because a lot of people aren't gonna let bygones be That's bygones. That's not true. That's not true. You think most people would I let think it go?
4: If somebody who you were mad at, who you were close to, right now, if something was to happen to them you would let go of all of that stuff because you realize how petty it is. But
0: you, well, you can let, let it go, stay.
5: but I think it also forces you to be realistic about
1: what and place did you hold
5: in that person's life. So, yes, let go of the grudges, let go of, of all of that, but you may decide, you know what, I don't want to go to the funeral. I shouldn't go to that funeral. They would not want me there. <sighs> oh, Yeah. They that, wouldn't want me there. That takes a lot of I can choice. let go of the grudge, yeah, but if we haven't reconciled beforehand, they may not have wanted Ooh. me there, and I can respect that. Can
4: I ask you, would Whitney have wanted Bobby uh, at her funeral?
5: I don't know.
1: Silence.
4: You want to ask <laughs> Whitney? No, I would <laughs> ask, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> you ask uh-huh. Whitney. I to ask Whitney. Think want. about that, though. Maybe. I Bobby went so. up there, you know, to, he went to the funeral. He wasn't even trying to speak. And what happened? His mama kicked her out. Kicked him out. You know, but see, that's, that's sure hurt right there. Him there. And she him And she still loved Bobby Brown in the end. She still right. loved him. You know, Yeah, I think in that case, yeah, you know he you let been go there. You all of yeah. that stuff, mm-hmm. man. You know, you do. You do. Life is too short. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you for bringing some uh, humanity and some uh, morality but, but here's the thing, though. Room.
5: Tammy forgave her mother while they're both here. Right. You're talking about and someone who's and not here anymore. that's what I'm trying
4: to say. You know, this stuff happens all the time where a person does not get the opportunity to speak their last no, word. No, you had and an opportunity every day that, that you were alive. The person that's alive probably will, okay, yeah, I was wrong. You know what I mean?
5: So, why does it take a tragedy for us to come to that realization?
4: Because we don't think it'll never happen to us. Mm-hmm. We never think it'll happen to us. We just, you know what I'm saying? And unless you just uh, you think about the higher, you use your higher power, your higher mindset, just realize a lot of this stuff is petty. You know? As long as you feel like you're in control, yeah. You, you you don't think about stuff like that. We always feel like we control. we in con- in control until it happens to us. You know what I'm saying?
5: I imagine there was a lot of hurt there. If I'm definitely- pouring into you mm-hmm. and you know, I made it. I'm the one who made it out. And I'm pouring back into you. I'm giving you money. I'm helping you out. And then you go well, behind my back. his father bag.
4: played in the NBA, too. His father wasn't. His father was able to bring him up pretty good if he was over in Italy playing professional basketball. And then his son was playing bad. His father brought him up. He speaks five languages. Look, if Kobe wasn't playing professional basketball, he could go work at the UN speaking five languages.
5: But he didn't <laughs> try to sell his father's memorabilia.
4: Yeah, well, so it's different. He I wasn't think, no star, but he was, but he wasn't.
5: I think the hard part is the person who's at fault should apologize. And a lot of times, egos are too big. That doesn't happen. They yeah. don't want to say, you know what? I was wrong. I should have approached
4: this in a different way. Right. right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna respect that. I'm gonna leave it alone because I don't think I'm gonna get any. Are you? What if you're wrong? No, no, if, if no, you're it's wrong, not about would, no, me no, being no, wrong. No, no, I'm saying it's if no you're right wrong, wrong, would you
5: go and apologize?
4: Yeah, I would. I have. I have done that. After I've thought about it for a while, I say, yeah, I was wrong. Or, you know, something has happened and I realize, man, this stuff's not petty. It's petty. Or stuff has happened with relatives or whatever. I let it go. got to let that stuff go, man. Let it go.
5: Yeah. It ain't worth it. Do you have any relationships that you can think of right now that you should probably reconcile?
4: Uh, Yeah, I've reconciled. That you yeah, should reconcile, reconcile. That I should? Yeah.
5: Uh, <laughs> they ain't related
4: to me. <laughs> it's a difference. Yeah. They ain't related to me. But, you know, Why you don't go for a though? grudge a little while. Longer. A little longer? <laughs> <laughs> a
1: little longer.
4: Just a little longer. How about you, Sandy? <laughs> Do you have any relationships voice?
5: that you think you should mend? Um, Not anymore. Um, when my father passed, he passed, I want to say, in 2006, 2007, um. before he passed I was trying to I guess build a relationship with him but I got to the point where I felt like I was the one making most of the effort and you know I'm the child like why am I calling and you know trying to make this, this effort and so when he was in the hospital I didn't go to see him um, didn't see him in time before he passed but I did go to the funeral okay. um you yeah. went to the funeral. I did. I did. Okay. I want real quick. I want to get Marquita in on the call.
8: Yes, I just want to say this. Like you said, life is short. Just like Kobe's life got sniffed out in a sense. You know, he was only forty. He was just young. You have to have closure. We all are gonna have and it, it, it if everybody is honest. At some point, you're going to have times where you're going to disagree with your parents. But those are your parents. Mm-hmm. And see, they needed closure. I, don't, I mean, we don't know the whole dynamics behind the situation. But in, when it's all said and done, the parents needed closure as well. And, you know, we know how families can, can get at times as well. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about a heart, just like people were grieving.
1: Yeah.
8: Their parents, his parents, were grieving as well.
1: Yeah.
8: And to be the bigger person, because you know what? When it's all said and done, too, when when the the grief part is over, you're gonna look back and say, you know what? I could have done that a little bit better. That's Because you know what? It's all said. It's about love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And-
5: thank you so much for that. And I completely agree with you, Marquita. Um- you don't want to have regret. You don't want to have regret about not taking that step in reconciling those situations. That's but true. Just specifically about this ceremony. Mm-hmm. I think we just split down the middle.:
0: The new generation) New Generation Radio with Kindle Moore, WVON, AM 1690. Let's talk about it. Come on. New Generation. Kendall Moore Talk Radio, WVON AM 1690, streaming live from the web, WVON.com, let's talk about it.
12: One,